Hello, everybody, and welcome to Music Is Everything podcast, episode 62, with me, Matt Hornby, and my very good compadre, amigo, Andrew Groves. Hello. Hello. Andrew. Yes. What? Are you? <laughs> yes. Yes. What? Are, yes. What would you like, Matthew? <laughs> um, what are you excited about this week? Um, actually, I wasn't excited about it this week, but um, a couple of weeks ago, um, and there, it, I mean, I don't think I would have got there without the help of the internet. And, Thanks, internet. And dare I say, Spotify. Thanks, Spotify. Yeah, um, it's it's the one thing that is the maybe the only positive is that if you like something and you would like to be suggested more or other <laughs> um, that are in a similar or, or of a similar ilk or you know mm-hmm. kind of recommendations. Um, I have found a lot of artists. The t- the t- I, 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 I try and kind of jump in, find a load of new artists, jump out, you know, get the records that I like and then kind of come back to it in, in, in that way. And yeah, I found uh, um, uh, someone, I think I've spoken about on here a few times as a kind of a, a duo called uh, Non-Attack. Um, okay. And they're... Um, basically like uh they do light installations um yes, it's yeah, kind of as they're like sort of day job let's say um mm-hmm. but the idea is that they are these uh, light installations are very closely linked to their music and they kind of usually uh well, maybe seem from what i've seen about a 50-50 split they prepare and and kind of um uh, perform uh, music alongside and usually it's kind of part of a performance so uh, um, but I have seen them like transform like warehouse spaces and, and and more kind of art-based spaces or installations that are kind of more left there but there's a lot of sound design um, involved and I've been um, a, a huge fan of them for a really long time and um, I realized I hadn't kind of uh, sort of dipped into that well in a really long time and thought oh you know see what else they've got on Spotify if there's any other records and I ended up uh, being recommended um, the Canadian artist, Woolg. <laughs> <laughs> okay, can I guess how to spell it? Yes. Sensible guess. Mm. W-U-L-G? No, but very close. There's an O in oh, there. I was going to go the the slightly more... Less serious, more or less. Um, w o o l g. But is it woolg? As in, as like in, wood. As in, would you like in, some tea? Okay. Uh, not a piece of wood. Not a piece of wood with a g instead of a d. Um, I have no idea what the. I mean, glue. Is it backwards? Um, I have no idea where the where the Blue name owl. comes from. But um, but yeah, I clicked on it because. Um, the album cover for I think the most recent record called Bubblegum mm-hmm. uh, kind of looks like if I remember correctly someone with like an octopus on their head um, but it's yeah it's kind of I mean it's like super dense electronica but very 
uh, uh, kind of uh, married with like hyper pop and and kind of not too dissimilar from like Arca, but but certainly more uh, instrumental and more like production focused. Um, and it's super, you know, kind of very glitchy and and very you know very production heavy. But also um, some of the tracks and kind of what really sort of turned me on to it is um, sort of in my own private search to find like a, a marriage between that kind of high production, uh, uh, um, high production production um, <laughs> that, that, you know, in the same way that like you try and find, you know, uh, the difference between trying to find someone who's really good at guitar and someone who's really good at guitar in an, a song context, if that makes sense. Often the two mm-hmm. are kind of fairly mutually exclusive. Um, That's a good way of putting it. And, and usually the music is ridden by the talent, let's say, uh, on offer. Um, and I find the same thing for electronic music often is that, you know, I love the kind of more sound design aspects and certainly even for the installations as well, that they, and, I, and I'm, I'm actually somewhat sure that it is to do with the space itself as in trying to do something um, very intricate would be very difficult in the kinds of spaces where these, in, you know, these kinds of installations exist, i.e. large white rooms with very with lots of reflective surfaces. It's just going to sound mm-hmm. like mud. So mm-hmm. it, a, a lot of these things do tend to sound like kind of like Mars is outside your window um, kind of thing. Um, very, oh, and very ominous and droney and kind of uh, um, sounds that really lend themselves to that kind of space. Um, and, and the same thing really, you know, for that kind of, you know, I love Arka and, and Sophie and, and, and those kinds of artists. Um, and I love what they do with pop music. And for me, that is incredibly, uh, incredibly more interesting uh, than, uh, than, than what is often happening with rock music. I, I really love seeing what, I feel like pop music is still taking a few more chances, bar maybe like Code Orange and a few bands that I've seen who seem to be doing some sure. really cool um a kind of blends between those worlds. Um, yeah, this album, I, I really like it. There's like little hints and this is kind of what my music taste has become. It's kind of like trying to find a reference of what I would like to happen <laughs> and hearing little glimpses of it and being really excited by that. And certainly like I really found this kind of marriage uh, uh, on the Code Orange, uh, latest Code Orange record. Um mm-hmm of kind of bringing heavy music and, and introducing kind of electronica and, and again, like the, all the, the cool visuals and stuff that they do. I kind of found this on the other end of the spectrum where certainly like on the first track, it's really cool. It is this super glitchy, very production heavy and twisted and kind of Foley, uh, um, very OTT compressor. Um, and then it kind of sort of, it's like you had that going on in a space and then maybe like one of the walls fell down and there was like a band sitting behind it. And it was kind of, it's just kind of gently nice. uh, coming together and, and, and those two spaces coming together and, and, and this kind of chaos 
forming into a, a song. And it's really cool because coming from that uh, kind of timeless, very glitchy, very Orteca kind of uh, 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 super intense glitchy electronica and then you know a melody and 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 the idea of of a of a chord progression coming in and and a vocal it just it does so much it's so it's so um it catches you off guard when it comes in and, and it's so satisfying even though it's quite yeah, subtle yeah. and 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 I really feel and I like, guess very very familiar as well exactly yeah something to hold on to like your your, your yeah. ear will, will you know really sort of latch on to that um and yeah, I think, you know, like it's kind of a really good example of how I wish that could work in, and how genres could work in the same way that we may use them, uh, the same way we'd use other songwriting techniques or devices to kind of create moments or create an idea. You know, I love the idea of taking a genre and or a style and, and something that you're familiar with and then using that as a as a way to kind of create maybe tension or uh um suspense and then resolve that in, in in the same way and so yeah so um the album yeah it's called bubblegum i've yet to listen to his back catalog um but he also does a lot of like production tutorials and he seems to be very involved in um a, a lot of uh, i think he recently did i've forgotten the name of it um he recently teamed up with someone in montreal to do um uh a kind of um essentially like three cellos that have been made to kind of be able to play themselves. Um, they kind of have like okay. these, this kind of arm um, unit <laughs> attached to them. <laughs> and um, the idea is that it's kind of like this sort of uh, responsive cloud, essentially, where it's mm -hmm. kind of basically playing, not a random, but it's kind of looking for connection all the time. And um I think there is some kind of interaction within the space. So I'm not sure whether it's kind of like scanning the audience or anything like that, or kind of particle mapping something, but like there seems to be some kind of uh, stimulus in that sense. And the idea is that it's like kind an of, input, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, that's, I think then also the cellos are, are listening to one another and kind of, it's, it's kind of very, a, cool. very generative. Um, mm -hmm. uh, and again, there's visuals that are doing the same as well and kind of reacting to the music and, and the volume. And, and, and again, I, I seem to feel like there was something to do with the audience. Like again, whether it's where you are or where, how many people or whatever, or the room, um, mm -hmm. it seemed the idea is that it's kind of reading the room <laughs> and, and, uh, playing music uh, thusly, I suppose. Um, mm -hmm. And um, so, yeah, really cool, really inspiring. And um, yeah, kind of felt like a, a, a little step, a little, I don't know, not even a step. It felt like like a little, I don't know, I got one more HP point kind of thing, like towards going up, sure. a, up a level. It kind of felt like uh, I'd really found something that was kind of pulling from the other direction. And, and what's, the name of the, what's the name of the cello thing? Oh, yeah. Uh, you know what, I can find it here. Because that sounds very, very interesting. Um, and I'm yeah. assuming it's like a physical thing in a physical space that you it have is, to go yeah, and experience. Yeah. But yeah, the, yeah. the, 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 um, let me see if I can, I'm pretty sure he would have put it. Or on. is there an output that you can listen to? Um, I'll tell you. Okay. Um, it's called Empty Vessels. Okay. And, um, for SAT Montreal. So I'm assuming like that's kind of a, um, uh, a uh, festival of some kind mm -hmm. or maybe a um, 
Yeah, or maybe Conference. like an, like a yeah, exactly. Yeah, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, empty vessels by Woog and Montreal Life Support. You can wow. uh, you can uh, find it on his. Well, I'm looking at it now on his Instagram at Woog W O U L G uh, or Montreal underscore Life underscore Support. Um, I did. Um, I did look up what Woog means, mm. and I can't find anything. There you go. It could have just been. I don't know. Could have just been a, an utterance, or like he went to. T- I mean, is G next to D? No, it's not really. He could have been trying well, to. Type it does wood. come up. Oh no! It's, yeah, it changes to wood a lot. Mm. Happens. Maybe it's like meaning to be an upside down D, but would that be a backwards P? Yeah, <laughs> or a Q. Or a Q, that's better. Yeah. Yeah. Or glue, glow, glow. That's interesting. And then when you look up the meaning, it comes up with his bio or sure. their bio, mm-hmm. which is um, the definition is basically just a bio. Sure. Which I, re- which I really very like. Fine. Yeah, yeah. It's, if it's smart. your word, do what you want with it. Exactly. But, um, but yeah, super, super. If that, if that um, yeah, I, 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 I absolutely, uh, I, I haven't. He's got quite a lot of records, and I think he's done a lot. He like has done production with a lot of other people, but mm-hmm. I've kind of been focusing on his main records. And that that record, Bubblegum, is is um is awesome. Been- Sweet, Matt. What have you been excited about? Oh, where to, where to start, Andrew? Oh, okay. Where to start? Well, I, I mentioned before we got into this uh, this particular podcast. If you were listening last week, I was excited about a few different albums, and I happened to mention um, Sacred One. <laughs> yeah, the sacred one. The this band uh, that we both like mm-hmm. for long times, uh, who did new music in a new way with an old guy, <laughs> and <clears throat> it's yeah the new Chili's album, which has been out. We haven't talked about it on here because uh, it's been out only recently. Well, been out for a while. Uh, we haven't really been together either, so it, yeah, that's yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. what I was trying to get at. Um, but yeah, it exists. Um, I, I, when I returned from my um, Eastwood adventures, mm. I was present. I had I have the vinyl here at home. In fact, I should have I should have brought it on. Should have brought it. I haven't brought even seen the vinyl. Set. Have you not? Is it is it the deluxe? Oh no, I got the one. I was really quick, right? Mm. And I. Okay, with buying vinyl, mm-hmm. sometimes there's like the deluxe gatefold mm-hmm. heavyweight vinyl with like an art print and everything. And I'm like, oh, should I get that? And then they do all these limited kind of color versions. Um, and so it's without buying them all, it's quite sure. There's, <clears throat> there's a real decision in what to get. And the black, I feel the black like one. the black one, always the black one. Yeah, okay. So, and you've, you've cited your reasons for that. And no. I. Ne- it's just I, classic, I, again, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think maybe in 20 years we'll go, <laughs> you know, all those mugs buying all the coloured ones. We mm-hmm. all knew the black ones were the best. Maybe that'll happen. I don't mm-hmm. know. But um, equally, I've kind of got into the frame of uh, the world. I like collecting things and I mm-hmm. like a challenge. Mm-hmm. I don't just, if it was as easy as walking in the shop and buying, you know, I've spoken about this before, just any copy. Mm-hmm. I, You know, that's, where's the fun? Mm. So... I tend to try and get like a first edition. So if it's new, I want to kind of get the first edition. Maybe it's limited. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the Chili's have put out, there's like Loads. 20, di- yeah, 20 yeah, yeah. different color variants, depending mm-hmm. on uh, 
which what your angle is. There was mm. like a Spotify um, exclusive one. There was one an exclusive vinyl. Yeah, for like, if you were in the top something listeners on Spotify of the Chili's, you got an exclusive email to say you have the opportunity to buy this. Madness. So, but, but that, and then there's like the independent record store. Um, Such a good idea. You, you, European version. Then there's the like the US whatever version. But that was a really good idea. And actually, That's I. Such a good idea. About time. So it, it, yeah, in this in this kind of, I actually bought two copies because I couldn't decide. Sure. And then, annoyingly, they released a special record. Uh, a silver one, one, I saw that. Yeah, yeah Silver yeah. one. Yeah, it's quite like monochrome, grayscale thing mm-hmm. with a poster. And I was like, that would have been cool, but I can't, I don't need... Three. How many times am I going to listen to all these copies? <laughs> all these, and actually, Never, just a, listen to one. That Yeah, exactly. That's how it goes, you see. Mm-hmm. You can collect and then kind of go, oh, well, maybe I'll just get a couple of these. Yeah, yeah. And then, and that's now I'm going to sell a few, and it's going to be like one only. Okay, is that what you're going to do? But, yeah, I don't need to. Why? Why the fuck? Do you, I mean, why do you need two copies of a record? I, I'm not the I kind mean, of person either. You know, it's cool. To, it's just going to keep... sit there. But I mean, look, you can look yeah. at it. Yeah, but someone else can enjoy it. That's. I think that's my my angle. I think for the Red Hot Chili Peppers, I think they're going to make enough. You know. <laughs> You know, it, have you not heard about the vinyl production? Uh, it's like kind of like, oh, delays. do I need? You know, I'm going to give this Tesco's ham and cheese sandwich to someone else so that someone. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like they're going to make more. Don't worry about it, mate. You know. Yeah. Uh, incidentally, I do think this record is better than a Tesco's ham and cheese sandwich. That's in true. In terms of, yeah, I mean, experience. we can start there. <laughs> That's the baseline. <laughs> yeah, set. yeah. Um, but no, I got. I actually managed to pick up a copy of what they call the Lakers color. Colorway, okay. purple and which is yellow. purple and yellow, okay. which is I think Flea is a big Lakers fan. So he is a Lakers fan, yeah, huge. But they only did five thousand copies worldwide, nice. and so I got one, and they sold out really quick. And if if anyone's interested in uh, bagging your favourite colour of a new record mm. before everyone else, not before everyone else, just kind of beating the queue mm-hmm. or getting in with a chance of getting one, um, there's some really good uh, Reddit threads on new vinyl cool. releases nice um so that's kind of where i hang out and see what's cracking and people share links hence the spotify one so, yeah we're, um, we're gonna this season three hi um hello. i want to be i want to be link heavy because sure. we talk about a lot of stuff and it just so hopefully if um we're um i'm gonna say that so we have to do it if we're oh. half as good as we say we are um we i'm gonna edit this bit it'll out. be okay. somewhere Get like ready. where you know somewhere somewhere <laughs> you know? Yeah, well, I'm not going to edit that bit out. I think okay. we should definitely do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bang it in the. It'd just be in the chat or it's in the description. We're just going to be links. Links, McGee. Links. We should do a links Africa. A meme in itself. I'm waiting for a kind of links meme. I feel like it's so synonymous. It's as synonymous as like any of the Nokias. You know? Oh, sure, sure. There is a few, I think. About, like it's like know. PE changing rooms. Teenage, teenage dreams. 101, yeah, you know? First date, yeah. You know? And then it became like, it was like the, the, you know? And then it became like, oh, mate, you smell of Lynx Africa. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, exactly. And that's was, not a compliment. Yeah, exactly. But it used <laughs> to be, it was, I mean, Lynx or die. the rage. Yeah, 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 yeah. Also, for for those who aren't, uh, it's I think a it's British. <laughs> yeah, it's Axe. Is I it? Think, in the, yeah, Axe in the US, I think. Is yeah. it really? Yeah, and so it, it lives on. 
Oh, it can still you get exists, it? Yeah, okay. I don't know whether it's pop- as popular as it it once was in my uh, no earlier years. Like all the flamethrowers and bonfires and just <laughs> yeah. can't do that anymore. Yeah, and just like generally, just I don't know. I'm pretty sure some people was sprayed with it, and yeah, it was just it, everything smelt of Lynx Africa. Basically, I mean, sure. There's your if. I mean, I'm sure there's nothing but cancer in it, libelous. But you know what I mean? I mean, it, the whole of England yeah. must have stank. The, like, it was Definitely. just... You always remember those changing rooms where there's like 30 kids who've all sprayed it and there's no windows open. Yeah, exactly that. Exactly <laughs> that, you know? But anyway, yeah, getting back to yeah, the, go on. Getting back back on the train. teenage dreams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Red Chili Peppers album. Uh, so I was away and... Uh, for the last two weeks of my trip, I'm just looking up the track listing here whilst, uh, so I am, I'm listening to myself. Mm. Um, for the, the latter part, the last two weeks, I was in the East coast of Sri Lanka and I was helping my friend set up his bar and we had this, like, we're in a guest house thing with, uh, a room each, but your room opens out to outside, mm. which is really nice. Cause you wake up in the morning, have a shower, and then you're outside and mm-hmm. it's sunny and lovely. And every, I found that when I was there, every morning I'd stick on this album. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I remember when, um, why can't I remember the name? Danny California, double album. Stadium Arcadium. Stadium Arcadium. Mm-hmm. The last John Frusciante effort, also a double album. Mm-hmm. When that came out, I was younger as were we all, mm. and on holiday. And I listened to it on headphones for like two weeks mm. and to try and, just to try and understand it. And this is a lot of material, That's especially that was even longer than that. I think this is mm. like 17 tracks. That mm. was even longer. Um, and so, yeah, I listened to it loads and loads and loads and, and kind of learned to love it, if you like. Mm. Um, and I, it was an easier, I found it an easier listen than this. Mm. Um, but yeah, I put this on every morning and really, really enjoyed the vibe Mm -hmm. and particularly the first, I'd say, actually, yeah, the first nine tracks and then I, I don't know, it's kind of the second half ish as well Mm -hmm. at this point. Because obviously, t- having a shower and, and getting ready only <laughs> takes a certain timed. amount of time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so you got tra- um, you got to start at track nine. Exactly. Um, but like aquatic mouth dance, that's my favourite track so far. Okay. Um, really, really enjoy it. It's just it's kind of got that kind of. I remember with uh, I'm with you. Mm-hmm. There was a song called Look Around, mm-hmm. uh, and I I remember that going like that just sound that it couldn't be anyone else that track. Mm. Um, and I feel the same with Aquatic Mouth Dance. It's very, very chillies. Mm-hmm. Um, and the track, it's funny because the track nine is These Are The Ways, which they've performed a load on, like a load of American chat shows and whatever, mm-hmm. um, like studio performances, if you like, like TV stuff. And then I've seen them do it at a couple of festivals as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's really funny because it's like, I think it's the first time I've heard the chillies do a like a riff. Well, it rhymes with ready made. Yeah. Like very 
Yeah, but this is like towards the end. It like very Les gets, Paul. yeah, very mm. drop D mm. and like riffy. Mm. And I've never really seen John Frusciante do that sure. to now as sure. much as this. Anyway, mm. um, yeah, it's my so favorite. That's, really that's my favorite. It's my favorite track for sure. Is it really? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, nice. It's- um, I think. I think also they're they're really pulling off. I think it'd be interesting to see what they sound like live in six months, but yes. um, well, actually in two months because I'm going to be seeing them. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think considering how much time has passed since John Frusciante was last in the Chili's, and the rest of them obviously have just carried on, mm-hmm. but they're cracking on a bit now. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and here, like Anthony's voice sounds great. They're all kind of. Considering the energy of some of these tracks, I think they're they're getting away with it. Some of the live tracks I've seen mm-hmm. um, sounded a bit slow. I can't remember which track it was, but very it almost like to a click slow, like it, it's sure. to the tempo of the album, mm-hmm. where it could have done with a little bit of the excitable Red Hot Chili Peppers vibe, you know, sure. where they play it slightly faster mm-hmm. or quite a lot faster. Um, but yeah, basically, overall, I'm enjoying it. Okay, I am enjoying it. Is but it-, it is definitely as an old time, an old, um, an old Chili's fan, an all time Chili's fan. It's a harder listen than others, um, and I think there's just a mismatch between expectations and reality. That's all that is. Yeah. My my first question to you was: Has it lived up to your expectations? I think... And what were your expectations? I think I'm better now at uh, expecting... Having been through the Guns N' Roses mill... Um, <laughs> You've been there. Being, being swallowed, swallowed up and spat out the other end. Mm. Um, that... And I'm serious about it, actually, because mm. that was like being such a fan and putting this band on a pedestal... Mm. That they could never, they, they, you're always going to be disappointed. Yeah. And I think this is like, there's loads of examples like the new Tool album and all this stuff mm-hmm. where it's been so long and um, everyone remembers this time. Again, the nostalgia thing of looking more fondly on it than perhaps, it, it, you know, represented a time in your life. It, the, so you look at it with, what's it called? Rose tinted spectacles, yep. glasses. Um, so I don't. I think you're always going to be disappointed as a baseline, mm-hmm. and that's why I, I keep trying to listen to it. I almost over listen. I remember like with them Crooked Vultures when they came out. Mm-hmm. I was disappointed, but I was like, I can't be disappointed because I must be missing something. Mm-hmm. Um, because the, these three musicians are amazing, and I love them all individually, and their own art, you know, their own art and their own bands speak for themselves. Mm-hmm. So if I'm, if I don't like this, then I'm missing something. So I need to find what the thing is that I don't understand. Sure, sure. How did you, what were you, for example, in that instance, were you, had you not heard, was it you heard the three names together and you thought, oh, this is going to be unreal. Or you heard one song and you were like, oh, I hope the rest of the record's like this. Oh, no, no, I'd heard the three names. Okay. And obviously, Foo Fighters, Queens of Stone Age, yeah, and yeah, Led Zeppelin. Sorry, yeah, you're like, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And also, if you imagine the style of music sure. um, that they all make, mm-hmm. 
they, I mean, it's quite varied, I guess. But if you, I guess what I did is I went, I just thought of like the pretender ramble on. No one knows. Sure. And, and just kind of went. And so mm. all the biggest hits. And Hang I was on. like, what is, what was that name? I've been looking for a name actually for my uh, new uh, project. What? Cleok? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can How you spell that? Can you spell that for me? <laughs> but um, yeah, I, and I, maybe that's the problem. I guess I'd gone, and it's the first time I've really thought about what I did here. But uh, yeah, I think I was on the mainstream end of what it could have been. Mm-hmm. Whereas I could have gone like album, weird album tracks from each of them mm-hmm. and then picked an, a really weird combination. And as it turned out, it, it felt more experimental than just a, a hits album. Yeah. Yeah, it's not, they're not like, I wouldn't say they're songs. It's not easy listening. Yeah, yeah, It's yeah. not like a... They're jams. Yeah, and I think it's, there's an element probably of it being more them doing whatever they want mm. without really thinking about the listener. Yeah. I think it's probably 70% that, 30% let's make some songs that people can listen to. Yeah. Not in a, not in a detrimental way, I just think they're... I think particularly with John Paul Jones being in the picture, mm. uh, that's a huge... Pressure. That's, yeah, a generation <laughs> above those guys who obviously deep, deeply respect this mm. guy. Um, so, yeah, anyway, with this, I... Stadium Arcadium had... Yeah, it was so great. Some people say it could have been one album, and then I've read a lot of things, again, on Reddit, about, like, what the track selection would be, blah de mm. blah Um but to be fair, I think there's so many good songs on that. And it, it yeah. really feels like for John Fashante's guitar tone, for the the vibe of the Chilis, it's mm-hmm. like, it's really, really good. Yeah. Um, um, so yeah, I was disappointed in this. Okay. Because it's not the same. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Which is like, it's that pseudo disappointment. It's, it's never going to be the same. And of course, they're not the same as they were they're older, things have changed, things have happened. And also, if they, I think it does feel like they, it does feel jammed and it does feel like they wrote many songs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I watched the Zane Lowe, Anthony Kiedis interview. Yeah. Um, which he said the way that they picked the track listing was, it was all on votes. So mm-hmm. everyone lost, everyone won. Mm-hmm. Um, so it does feel, it feels quite democratic, mm-hmm. which is... Um, a little nod to our topic today, mm. but um, yeah, which, so yeah. How about you? Well, yeah, so this is, this, this, I've been, I've been like mulling things over for a while. Mm-hmm. And it, the one thing that like, like, for example, I'm pleased you said that like you are more familiar with the first half because I am definitely more familiar with the first half in that. Mm-hmm. There may even have been, in all fairness, there may even have been one song I haven't heard yet. I think sure. I've heard, I'm pretty sure I've heard everything, but I definitely, I mean, obviously, you know, I'm a different person. They're a different band. Um, I was really excited to hear what they were going to do. And, you know, like we've spoken about, as always, it's, it's really easy to ruin a record for yourself by imposing you know what you think it might be um Mm -hmm. i've definitely 
had that problem. And, and certainly with artists who've made, you know, an album, uh, that has spoken to me, you know, um, so clearly, uh, uh, and so powerfully that then like, even then the, even if the band, you know, I, I remember when, um, a fever dream came out by everything, everything. And like, mm-hmm. it just, I, I was just, I was like on the same wavelength at that time. It felt like, and, and so when that came, it was like, oh, wow. Like, you know, I, I feel like, yeah, just everything was exactly what I was in, interested in at that, that particular point in time. And obviously, like you said, like, um, you know, when Stadium Arcadium came out, I was in the middle of exams and I was late for an exam because I was getting, buying the album and then nice. very casually listening to it uh, on the <laughs> way and then got to the exam, which happened to be a music exam. Mm-hmm. Um, and it shows how much I studying I did. Um and then proceeded to go around telling everyone that they should be listening and listening, like grab a headphone, you know, on my little Sony whatever discman with 10, sh- 10 whole seconds of anti-shock. Um, nice. That's all you need. Yeah, luxury. Um, no bass boost. Um, and okay. uh, yeah, it's a, it's a tough one, isn't it? Like, and, and, and it, if anything, like I realised that I was almost more excited by the idea than I was of the record itself. Uh, yeah, I can relate to that. Like it's highly. There's something, you know, it, my, my interest in, not my interest, but like one of the real, uh, I don't exactly know the right word, like not fantasy, but like the real... allure mm-hmm. of and I mean you know let's get this out there like I haven't heard any of those records that John Fashone wasn't on bar the singles um, I really like just Josh Klinghoffer you know I, I would have I had no issue I think he's great I love the stuff he's done other than the chilies um, but like you know like I would comfortably say that you know John Fashone has been my role model and idol since the day I, you know, found him. <laughs> uh, and Just uh, playing in a bar somewhere. <laughs> you know. But you, like, you're gonna be so a star. pivotal to, to everything, the way I think, the way I write music, you know, it, it was, he was, you know, enormous in my enjoyment of music. Like it, it, mm-hmm. it's so synonymous with my enjoyment of music. And basically, you know, completely changed the way I approach music, completely changed the way I perform music. You know, he, if anything, he is entirely responsible for my enjoyment and the reason that I could enjoy live music or playing live. I really did not enjoy playing live for a long time. And it was really, you know, in, and, and, you know, embarrassingly, so like, like really channeling him, you know, and, and, and just, you know, and I, I think I've listened to every interview and read every, anything I, I can. And so like, I think it's a really interesting equation because it's, there's so many variables and there was, 
you know, the idea of what I would have, I feel like I would have liked them to have done, which I feel like actually they have done to some extent. And like you, I'm definitely excited to see like, and again, all of this is just hearsay at this point. Like, you know, it, it definitely, considering the amount of time that John was away, you know, even looking at the live performances I've looked at, I think, or watched even, um, you know, he looks like he's still very much finding his feet and finding his a comfort zone. Like, you know, gone are the, yeah. gone are the kind of slain castle spins and, and, and kind of, you know, dancing. Uh, yeah. Uh, 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 I say that you're right. You're right. And, you know, and I can understand that. And I think even the perform. I've literally, I mean, I've watched every performance they've done since they've come back uh, in some four, three, uh, four, 60 pixels, you know, kind of like, uh, and you know, that there definitely seems to be that element. I think like coming into the album, I remember like the Zane Lowe thing, as well as the Rick Rubin interviews, like this idea of, you know, a, a way I've heard it mentioned is like, oh, this is kind of like everything. And and I think like what you're saying about like aquatic mouth dance and, and um, uh, uh, like even these are the ways, to, I mean, maybe these are the ways that is actually a little bit over what they have done. Um, uh, but there's, I feel like there's like parts of every like record on there. Like, I feel like you can kind of hear like, oh, that song feels like it could slip into Stadium Arcadium. This song, you know, I feel like, there's a few songs on there that felt reminiscent of, of kind of blood sugar, sex magic. Um, there's a couple of songs on there that feel like they could be on by the way, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and of all of them, I heard, I remember hearing black summer and I was like, okay, like I, I, I think, and again, I'm imposing my own, you know, uh, view, I suppose on this. I was like, okay, you know, if it was me, I would be... The problem with Stadium Arcadium is that they couldn't really play it. Uh, there's loads of overdubs, mm. and that was kind of a pain. And a few songs didn't really translate very well, even when they had, like, Josh playing. And that they, I think they actually still have a keyboard player of some kind, or synth kind of player, percussionist or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, oh, I get it. Like, it... it you've written this with the idea that, you know, if it sounds good in the room, it's going to sound great on the record. And I, and I was like, okay, you know, this is cool. You know, um, I think everyone was kind of, it felt like everyone was sort of taken aback by the production in that it was, it wasn't that big, shiny stadium, arcadium, hundreds of overdubs kind of sound. Um, and again, everything is very direct. The, the whole album was recorded straight to tape. Uh, with no kind of pro tools or anything like that. And, 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 you know, and and I think that shows it is a very warm record. It's a very, uh, uh, um, it's a very uh, dynamic uh, sounding record. Um, And I think obviously like that's a big kind of thing to overcome. Like even, you know, if you've ever been really before the sound wars, if you've ever been, I don't know, like doing exercise or anything to music and then the next song comes on and it's quieter, like, even if you love both songs equally, like the other one feels less, you know, kind of sure. thing. Especially when it's the Beatles. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so like, you know, you're kind of contending with that issue. And like, 
it would make the most sense that the first single to be released would be something that would be a kind of joiner of worlds, let's say, um, um, to kind of ease them in. And I mean, at that point, I think personally, I was really excited for them. And the idea that it was a double record, I think, came out around that time. As I was like, okay, I understand that this is a big, inevitably, this is a big money machine still. And it's on a big major label and there's going to be pressure to deliver something because they have done okay. They've done pretty well since John's been away. But I think there's no shadow of a doubt that there's going to, you know, the ticket sales must be amazing. And Mm -hmm. obviously there's a big draw to this. So I think it's interesting, like, you know, I was trying to think of it in that way and like, okay, well, are they going to, you know, if it's a double record, does that mean that there's going to be a little tightening of the the belt, let's say, or loosening even of the, of the leash. Um, and that, you know, maybe there'll be a couple, I was like, I was kind of fairly prepared that there would be a couple of songs I would really like. Mm-hmm. And the others I would be okay with, you know, like, um, and I've, I've not, like I've listened to it a few times when these are the ways came out. I felt like I didn't, like I heard uh, Poster Child, which I thought was really cool. Like it actually, funny enough, Poster Child, as much as I don't care that much about it, when I heard like what they were doing, I was suddenly excited because it, it was kind of like closer to what I thought that it might be, or I was hoping that it might be in, in that, like mm-hmm. I'd seen Flea playing with like Corey Henry and a few other musicians for the, like the Silver Lake stuff he does. And I was like, considering those guys are so into like that super like, uh, uh, James Brown 70s thing I was like man if they like if you look at the Silk Sonic uh, thing and how yeah, huge yeah. that is now and how mm-hmm. like just it's, it's just pure like new take on 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 the uh, on kind of 70s uh, uh, soul um, and like funk like I was like man they I felt like they could have come back and like hit that chord and just come back with just like that kind of record and I reckon everyone would have gone with it, if you know what I mean. Like, I, sure. I, I was like, I wonder if they're going to come back with an Ultra Chili's kind of record. Yeah, I was going to say that's more that's more their roots, if yeah. you like. That's let, and that's that's more you know, nineteen eighty nine rather than two thousand and nine. Yeah. And and I wondered, like, in a I, one of the big things I wanted, and I, one thing I was kind of not scared of, I suppose, but like, I feel like it's. It's not that I wanted them to come back with a record like Blood Sugar Sex Magic or like, you know, or or some kind of idea that like, oh, they used to be heavier back then and now they're playing lighter songs because they're getting old. I wanted them to play the lighter songs because they're getting old and in that sense, in that analogy. But as in, I wasn't fussed about them coming back with something big and energetic. I, I, I was like, I just want them to come back with a really good record. And I was excited for them to mature and I think mature is kind of what I wanted you know I was excited to see like personally I was like oh maybe they're gonna really turn a page here and kind of be like you know songs like Desecration Smile and all these kind like that were just brilliant songs you know they don't have I mean sure you know have a bit of a fire to them but as in a certainly more mature wet wet sand kind of thing yeah exactly and just a, a, a more of a I was hoping they would come back with more of a you know a record with a story and a journey and, and, and be, be, you know, not even fuss about the production. I just was kind of hoped that like 
it would, it, there was this chance I felt like to kind of come back with this very mature sounding record um, that was a real kind of work of art or that, you know, they come back and like they could really hit on that like seventies and that kind of, that, that kind of not seventies really for them, but like that kind of, you know, that kind of early funk, that kind of Bootsy mm-hmm. Collins kind of vibes. And I thought, oh, maybe they, you know, they would come back with that. And they've kind of done all of that and none of it at the same time. I feel like from what I've heard, I think when These Are The Ways came out, like, A, I had the riff. I really enjoyed the riff. And I remember seeing the little clip on like Instagram or something and being very excited about it. Other than, and I think one of the main kind of... uh chewing points for me is some of the lyrics and I know this has been quite a big thing couple of them I'm like oh we're getting into Mm. muse territory a little bit like (laughs) and yeah and it's a bit too on the nose but also in the same and the same reason why I use that as a comparison is that also like if you've ever been to somewhere like Portugal Mm. or Italy or somewhere not necessarily with much in touch with, you know, American culture or English culture or Western in that sense of kind of, you know, the man and seeing them absolutely scream their lungs out singing those lyrics and they translate very directly and kind of are an easy chew, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, an easy, an easy trend. Like then I kind of get it in a very broad sense, you know, like, um, yeah, like the core, the chorus or whatever too. These are the ways is a, it's a bit of a, a bit of a pill to swallow, but other than that, that like it took a second. Yeah. Yeah. I don't mind it so much now, but, and, and I know that came up a lot and there's a few others that I was like, mm, okay. I think, yeah, I think that, and actually, um, uh, what, what you thinking, um, I just really love the guitar playing in that song. Um, and that's, again, I think I, I found myself listening less to the record and being more excited about thinking about John Frusciante again sure, and sure, watching sure. him play and, you know, all the new posts, all the new videos about his pedals and, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, like I'm, I really want to try and build one of the chorus preamps. Um, uh, I'd really like to do that because that's like a huge part of his sound is that uh, CE1 um, uh, being off basically, but it's got a preamp in it um, and it kind of colors the sound pretty significantly, even when the pedal's off mm. and his rig just goes from A to B. So, um, and yeah, like watching some of the performances, I've been pretty excited about th- just remembering that and looking at it. And, and I don't know, just, just, just vicarious, I don't know, living vicariously through it or I don't know what it is, but that self-projection of it. Um, I think to kind of swing us back to how I've been thinking and just really a question is that I feel like I can hear the democracy in the record. And my question is, and kind of there's a fair amount of scripture to um, kind of back this up, a, a big criticism, well, not criticism, but a comment that came up quite a lot with the previous records was that John was kind of all over it. And like, there was definitely, I know, I think, I can't remember if it was Stadium or Cadium, by the way, but there was some tensions between John and Flea 
because, you know, Flea wasn't really involved in, in a lot of the, or, or John was kind of controlling the, the overdubs. And, and there is a sound, there is a, a tone that, you know, kind of like it or not, it seems like, you know, John very clearly has an opinion and a very strong opinion and a vision and that it seems undoubtedly, even though they're kind of very polite about it, it does seem like that, that you know, there's undoubtedly some tensions. A friendly and, competition. Yeah. And, and exactly yeah. Uh, in the, in the, in the Rick Rubin uh, um, podcast, you can, they, they speak about it. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. They're really good. Um, and uh, if not, was it called Broken Record? The it's a yep, podcast by Rick it. Rubin. There's like four of them. And they were actually, you know, one of the ones that's actually really interesting is the Chad Smith one. I, I learned loads about Chad Smith that I didn't really know. Um, and like, I think one of my question or one of the ideas I kind of wanted to float out there was this idea. And like I say, it seems like that very much was a thing This, as in multiple interviews and they brought it up a lot this time. Um, and I think John has gone out right to say, uh, I think I read an interview that he was saying he had been collaborating a lot with um, Aaron from um, Phoenician Snares. Mm-hmm. And he had enjoyed being in that kind of post in that he was in a very submissive position and he was more in a sub- supporting role sure. within the collaboration. And, um, and actually a way I hadn't heard it put is that he purportedly um, was kind of a big idea behind it was him, was John Fashante thinking that everyone was kind of getting on a little bit and that it would be sad if, you know, one of them was to pass without them kind of redressing, you know, what, what must've felt like a, you know, unresolved. Uh, mm. um, and, and, and everyone was kind of like, Oh, I haven't heard from John in like seven years, which is kind of crazy when you think of like, you know, how, close you must be to be in a band together, you know, like you're around each other all the time. That's a long also, time. I think, I think even physically they live quite close to each other. Yeah. They? Yeah. And, and at least, you know, they must maybe not operate in the same circles, but very mm-hmm. concentric Similar. circles at least. Yeah. So he, this idea of kind of getting back together and he wanted to play in a band and, and, you know, and the idea that he was like, well, I I'm, feel like I'm, I'm born to be in this band kind of thing. Um, so, Going into that, it, 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 I read in this interview, he was sort of saying, well, you know, I wanted to be in, a, in the same kind of, you know, see if I could be in the same kind of supporting role. In and the Chili's? In the Chili's, yeah. And mm. obviously, you know, it's been, what was it, 10 years or so. And I mean, personally for me, I feel like I am obsessed over them enough that I can hear who's written which chord progression. I think, and whose melodic sensibilities are involved, uh, if not kind of just where the heart of that progression is maybe potentially. Mm-hmm. And so something I thought would be cool to talk about, and I think it's an interesting idea and it spills over because the words themselves are quite um, kind of... Uh, uh, like a, they're quite a, what's the word? Not monotheic. They're like monolithic, 
you know, like they're sure. quite big words to use. But I thought there would be an interesting conversation, and I can certainly think of some other artists, including myself. The relationship between um, democracy and dictatorship, nice. and the kind of like, I think like, well, I'll give I'll give some sort of preface to it, like the difference between a record made with democracy where everyone has an equal vote and the idea, you know, that this idea being that you all come together and you all kind of collaborate and you all share your ideas and then kind of, you know, the cream rises to the top and, mm-hmm. and you know, and you made this thing and you've all made it together and, you know, the the benefits uh, being, you know, that you'll have an equal, somewhat of an equal, some point of some percent of uh, you have a, a dog in the you have skin in the game you have you have some kind of commitment you're like you've put your bit in whether it was two percent or 20 you know uh-huh. or 100 or can't be uh 90 uh like you uh, you have a kind of a sense of ownership sure. um you know it's good for friendships um and the idea thing is that maybe you wouldn't, you, someone else would make different decisions that you would have made. And the idea that that there's that, you know, there is a kind of steering and it steers the ship in, in a different direction as opposed to following a Do single idea. Yeah. And, and someone's idea and let's bring this, um, this idea to life and, and kind of, um, you know, someone is steering the ship and this is the direction we're going in. And, you know, sure, there may be, there may be, uh, there may be um, corrections to the course. There may be in influences to the course by the other parties, mm-hmm. but still under the kind of leadership, there is a clear kind of leader mm-hmm. or leaders even. Um, and, uh, uh, and, and it's kind of a, a, a realizing of, of their vision. And that is, um, uh, the direction it goes in. My question to kind of, to kick this all off, ladies and gents, okay. is if John Frusciante was sort of more, basically if John Frusciante was the was the dictator of this record, do we think it would be a better record? So you're, firstly, you're assuming he isn't, which talking about kind of, what you've just been talking about. Mm. Firstly, in regard to lyrics, mm-hmm. I the Zane Lowe interview talks about how Anthony, during COVID, mm. went to Hawaii mm-hmm. with Rick Rubin mm-hmm. with a hundred or thereabouts uh, songs, lyric, minus mm. lyrics, which it kind of implies that he wasn't really that present during these jams and arrangements. No, yeah. And then he wrote, is it no, he wasn't there. As in, no, yeah, it's very yeah. much, that's the impression I was. I, I got yeah. as well. And then, uh, so he took his time and wrote a hundred lots of lyrics mm. in Hawaii mm. uh, while surfing and hanging out with Rick. Mm. And um, the he, he was also saying that he kind of, he tried not to be too uh, picky and just uh, really put down what came to him in a moment of inspiration. Be pickier. Which, yeah, and I, and I was like, okay, okay I really like the kind of, I've always loved the hip, the hippie sensibility of the Chili's mm-hmm. kind of peace and love. We all love each other. We're yeah, brothers. Yeah, yeah. 
uh, you know, anything goes. I, lo- I love it, but I still think there needs to be some quality control somewhere. Yeah. Um, and I also feel like in Stadium Arcadium, with all the overdubs and uh, guitariness, um, I think that makes that record better. But then I'm a guitarist, so mm. I'm biased. Yeah. But I still think the songwriting is really good in there, mm. uh, in many of those songs. Mm. I feel like there's more percentage-wise, more good, considering we're comparing double album to double album, percentage-wise, there's more good songs on that record than there is on this record. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really, I think, a nice gauge. This is just my opinion, obviously, but that's a good gauge of if it's a success or not mm-hmm. as a record. Because yeah. good songs kind of forgets all about the fluff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's a difference between a hit song and a good song. Absolutely, absolutely. And also, you like, so when... Um, Black Summer came out, you kind of compare it to Danny California instantly exactly. because it's the lead single, the first thing. How catchy is the riff? How good's the hook? How together does it sound? Blah de blah. Um the this album feels like um I read about John using ring mod uh mm. on his guitar, and you can kind of hear some interesting like effects that obviously his electronic influence of of led over mm. the years. However, it's like there's there's a part, and I get yeah, I get writing it for live, but it's kind of like John was being experimental in his quarter. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so, but so maybe this is a a flea led record of like, look, you can come back in the band, but you better know who's boss around here now <laughs> since you've been well, gone. I mean, if uh, it's been ten years, right? And and I think there's maybe there's the element of that you know, we've been doing this without you, you know, and I, you know, and, and even from Flea himself, he's, it seems, you know, he, he, he certainly feels as though like, you know, he, I've been improving, you know, since, you know, you've been going on doing your thing or we've been doing our thing. The same thing. Yeah. yeah. And, and like, well, you know, now we before. should, we should be, you know, we should be level with one another. Totally. And, but also you have to, um, like I saw some people, They've just played some of the first shows, mm-hmm. so f- some festivals. Um, incidentally, I think talking about John finding his feet, coming out for TV gigs before live shows, I think is that's really cold, like hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can. It's the first that's gig. Such, well. That's so sterile compared, mm-hmm. you know, even just overdubs and crowd noise or some, just yeah, something, just yeah. something to soften it. On a rooftop it. or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you, but you can, the recording's always worse. The mm. like, it's all so dry and um, a bit clinical. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I, I totally, when you said about John finding his feet, um, you can see that. And it really, I kind of, I'd been frowning at the, at the TV or computer or whatever. Mm. Um, and that's what I was feeling, but you've just kind of connected the dots for me. Um, I think... Yeah, I think what some people say with the set lists on these, the first shows, mm-hmm. they don't play any of um, I'm With You or The Getaway and nothing from those records. But then John was similar with One Hot Minute that he, ref- I think he said he refused to play it. But it'd be interesting to see. I would be interested so to see. But interested also, I mean, see. I can understand it back in those days. They were all heady days, mm-hmm. big egos, big fame mm-hmm. stuff. But then they're, they're meant to be coming back to this, you know. We're older, wiser. We've mm-hmm. had time to contemplate and meditate and uh, really consider ourselves and the band. And mm-hmm. 
So uh, a lot of fans were like, what? You know, no. Because a lot of fans love I'm With You and The Getaway. Mm-hmm. And actually, they that's the fans who stuck with the band during those two albums could have easily just gone, I- I'm not bothered. Yeah. And then they might not have existed. So there's a lot of, I think, fan kind of commitment through those albums to kind of, look, we've stuck with you. So at least work with us and sure. don't just write it off into, let's not talk about that bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and and actually there are some really good songs. I, I like, I'm with you particularly, I listen to a load mm-hmm. and there's some really good songs on those records. Um, although again, it does sound like um, Josh is trying to fill John's shoes, uh, which were probably... Say if he led Stadium Arcadium and was like 40% of the voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, Josh is trying really hard to be 25, mm-hmm. but probably hits about 15 mm-hmm. uh, because of, I mean, imagine stepping into that band. like Yeah, impossible. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, do you know what I mean? It, what a job. Like it, even if you had the most bravado ever, like it's, yeah, wow. Um, so fair play. But anyway... I think, getting back to your question, democracy or um, do what I say, authoritarian. Say the word, say the word. That's it, exactly. <laughs> no, not those lyrics, these lyrics. Um, I think it really depends. Um, this isn't a cop-out answer, but mm. my, my initial thoughts are it depends on the personalities in the band. Okay. Now, and this applies really to bands and anything requiring working with people mm-hmm. generally. Um, I think it's humans could write it about it eternally. Mm-hmm. Um, you can support someone's vision. Like if John had a vision, mm-hmm. that was John's vision. Mm-hmm. And you can argue all day about if it's better or worse than Flea's vision, say. Mm-hmm. But that's John's vision. And it's not John's band. It's mm-hmm. their band. Yeah. And it's, I think bands are such a strange, um, such a strange vessel for this kind of thing. Because my preference, personally, and you might share this, is that bands are a gang it's like mates Mm -hmm. it's all fun and like we're all we're together in this Mm -hmm. and us against the world and like against all odds we rose to the top and all this stuff and um i'll mention what one of my favorite bands Mm -hmm. guns and roses Mm -hmm. Uh, axel rose in the 90s he unbeknownst to the rest of the band he bought the rights to the name guns and roses and then he served the rest of the members with a letter from his legal team saying, mm-hmm. I now own Guns N' Roses. Mm-hmm. You work for me. Please sign here. Um, <laughs> they were like, whoa. Um, and he does still to this day. And so when they reunited, which is kind of so, a so similar... Was it, was it, I mean, so by saying that he still does today, everyone signed? I don't know the ins and outs. Mm-hmm. Uh so I, because everyone kind of in the nineties, then everyone eventually left, and it was Axel, and he got in all these hired guns, mm-hmm. pardon the pun, yeah. um, to create this mystical beast of a record over fifteen years, mm-hmm. um, which was 
according to the press, terrible. Mm. Insert your own opinion here. Do you have an opinion on it? I've not listened to it ever. I I having I followed it through kind of um, some really committed because this was like it's such an interesting time. It was like see you later nineties guitar music. Mm-hmm. In comes the internet. Sure. Axl Rose trying to invent himself over fifteen years mm-hmm. with evident kind of oh it's, it's, a, it's such a complex set of issues I mm-hmm. think. Blatant perfectionist, mm-hmm. trying to achieve something impossible, mm-hmm. like trying to. I th- basically, it, like this is quite another another good example. Um, Slash, mm-hmm. one of the key writer, songwriters in like Appetite for Destruction, um, they wrote that that record feels like a band written record. Mm-hmm. Everyone's doing the bit, working as a team. You get to use your illusions in the early nineties. Uh, the follow-up double album, mm. um, the first um, two records to be number one and two on the charts on the US Billboard okay. um, when they came out, and then they just like alternated for a bit. Mm. Um, loads more pianos, right? The live set, grand pianos on stage, mm-hmm. two backing singers, Tracy and Roberta, a um, and what's he called? Oh no, a, a what's it called? Harmonica player okay. called Teddy Zigzag, and a stand-in, <laughs> a, tan, a stand-in piano player called Dizzy Reed, oh. and um, so suddenly th- this is a big production. It's mm-hmm. like Broadway, mm-hmm. um, and from what I've read, like Slash is like, what's this all about? I just want to play some, ri- you know, some mm-hmm. licks or whatever. Um, so this is leaning more Axel's direction of this grand vision, and then. Anyway, the, the Chinese Democracy record, you, you just hear, kind of like you've been saying about this new Chili's record, mm-hmm. you hear the process. Mm-hmm. You hear the decisions if you understand what it is. And I, in some ways, I kind of wish I didn't care about any of that stuff. Sure, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I just went, play. Oh, this isn't as good as the last one. Off. <laughs> I just had a, a big top level opinion based on the, just what I'm hearing once. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'd like every time I press play, I'm going to say play. <laughs> and every time I press stop, I'm going to go off. <laughs> Decide. It's a good, it's a good method. Just yeah, so you yeah. know where you're at. Um, so everyone knows. But yeah, I think that. You, yeah, you can just, you can hear it. And if you follow the story and, and you care, if you care, I think mm-hmm. you're invested, um, not financially, mm-hmm. but you wish you were, but you're not. Um, you're invested emotionally in this, in the output, which is weird, really. Mm-hmm. It is weird because it's not your thing. Absolutely. Uh, it's nothing it's to do nothing. with you. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But um, yeah, it's, it's very complex, but yeah, the, and then eventually Guns N' Roses reform um, with, so Appetite for Destruction, there was five members right. who, after Appetite for Destruction, drummer was fired, right. brought in another one, and the rhythm guitarist quit because right. he's too cool for school. Well, actually, okay. I very cool guy. Mm. Um, didn't really want to do the stadium, massive rock and roll theatre sure. production. He left. Another guy comes in. Um, so when it comes to reunion time, Axel's like firing out the offers mm. and 
Izzy Stradlin is like, well, I'll, he gets on Twitter once every 10 years mm-hmm. and was like, I'll do it if it's an equal offer for everyone. Okay. Which, so obviously it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you got the hierarchy of slash, uh, sorry, Axel slash Duff, mm-hmm. probably Izzy, and then whoever was offered on drums. Mm-hmm. And um, it's it, it's it's so far then from what I was saying about mates in a band as against the world now. Business. Yeah, it's just a huge multinational corporation, Guns N' Roses PLC. Mm-hmm. Um or ink maybe because you can't buy shares. Um, so yeah, I. But I is don't it better? Th- so I don't know about Guns N' Roses. Who writes the songs in Guns N' Roses? Depends on the day, but as in, but I, in my mind, it feels like is it if someone was to ask me off the street, I would say is it Slash and Axel. Yeah, so apparently Izzy's influence on like Appetite mm-hmm. was very understated, and that's why it's uh, a better record in the eyes of the fans. It's the best okay. record, right? Um, so I, I think, for the music's sake, it's better to roll with a vision, and if if there is a strong vision there, mm-hmm. but that that has to be at some point at the detriment of the whole band. Because it depends on the, on the the patience and the the willingness of mm-hmm. the rest of the band to go along with the vision entirely. Yeah. So it's it's very very determined by the characters and the egos, I guess, mm-hmm. in in the makeup the band. Mm-hmm. And I think some bands, um, there was a lot said about Coldplay and how Chris Martin at one point was taking more credit for his songwriting. Mm-hmm. And then as far as I understand, anyone can, you know, correct me on this if I am wrong. Uh, they reversed that because he was on 40, 20, 20, 20 okay. um, for a while. And then they turned that off and went back to equal splits just because it made the whole, everyone happier and everything sure. work better. Yep. Um, so that the outcome of Coldplay existing and it not being Chris Martin and co, mm-hmm. uh, even though it still might be, yeah. um, Coldplay still exists. Yeah, I hadn't really thought of it. Uh, well, we we hadn't really presented it in a in a monetary sense. I think that, yeah, uh, yeah. I feel like, yeah. I, I mean, I love Coldplay just as much as well. So I I I have a echo in my brain of yes, that being the case. I think again, like obviously with Coldplay, you know, it's fairly clear that Chris Martin is the guy, you know, um, mm-hmm. in that situation and. And again, I think that's maybe a good also example of like, you know, evidently the others feed in to that kernel. Um, and that is, you know, valuable, uh, you know, like valuable um, input. Like input. Yeah, yeah. Um, but again, like we were saying, you know, with Chris's vision i i also have read a lot about um the drummer will mm-hmm. being that like apparently he is quite a sort of taste maker in that sense in that he can yay or nay something and has quite a lot of involvement and again i think like it, it, it's interesting like you know adding sort of money into the equation as well 
That was that was uh, kind of incidental, by the way. That no, was, but that's uh, great. Yeah. I think it's really valuable. Yeah. I, I think it's a like you know, it's a very hard thing to um, you know, like it's kind of like saying as a statement, like oh, just do your best. That's all that matters. Or like, oh, if you believe in it, then it you know, if you just keep going and you believe in yourself, you can do anything. And I mean, yeah. But also like, no, like there's a very, it, it has to be a, you can't just say one thing and, and it apply to everyone. It, it, I just don't, you know, there's a lot of elements at play of both. Like, you, you know, I think in this case, you know, I think, I think personally there are people who are active and there are people who are passive. Mm-hmm. And I think either member is important. Obviously, the active people are there, you know, with whether that's their personality, whether that's just their role within a band, like anything, like role within um, friends, a role within a job. You know, I think everyone has their element to bring and and that element doesn't have to be, you know, uh, that person could be a really average player of their instrument but be a really good mediator you know sure and 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 that i was going to say when you're talking about coldplay Mm. it's it's more nuanced than like you could go oh well travis barker is a better drummer than Mm. will from coldplay sure so put him in Coldplay mm-hmm. and then Coldplay equals It'll be better. way better. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's, it's like, well, no, that, that's not the case. And there's, therefore you go, well, if Travis Barker's a better drummer, mm-hmm. but putting him, him in Coldplay makes Coldplay worse, that must mean that Will from Coldplay is better than Travis Barker sure. in Coldplay. Yeah. It's like the whole Ringo... Uh, oh, it, it's, a, it's, not, it's the, one of know, the best examples. Drummer in the Beatles, yeah. Not even exactly. the best drummer in the Beatles. Yeah. But... If Travis Barker was in the Beatles, <laughs> the Beatles nightmare. would be really bad, yeah, yeah. you know. And so, uh, and that he was a passive, like he was a passive member, you know. If yeah. anything, like I, I, I don't know if your friend has um, given you that login yet, but um, uh, <laughs> I need the, to watch that big time. It honestly, it's one. Of, I, I'm going to go back and rewatch it. Okay. Um, uh, that if anything, like quite um, evidently the thing that upset the already fairly tumultuous uh, relationship at play there, where you had two active members, Paul and John, who both clearly have, you know, visions and opinions and uh, direction that they, you know, want to go in. So Mm. much so that it seems like the best way, whether they decided this actively or passively, that they would kind of have their songs like this mm-hmm. is, we're going to play Paul's song. We're going to play John's song, rather than trying to make something necessarily together. Um, and I'm sure, you know, I'm sure that it happened, but it seemed like that that was a, a predominant and an easy way to kind of save um, face, I suppose, and, and and just an argument. The idea that then um, George was then kind of trying to sort of stand on his own two feet and be like, hey, you know, and, and admittedly, did some of my favorite songs of theirs are, are from George mm. uh, and, and, and some of his solo work afterwards. Um, and if anything, that, as you can witness in the documentary, that unsettles the ecosystem, you know, within, sure. within, within the band and causes um, 
and 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 that, you know that's not, I'm not saying like you know he should have known his place you know like it, it, yeah but exactly it, you can see that there, there's this ecosystem in place both um, both as a friendship group both as uh, a business both as a like obviously there's outside pressure for them to deliver um, mm-hmm. both obviously for them annoyingly so culturally you know it's it's always you know. John and Paul, you know, uh, 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 Keith and uh, uh, Mick, you know, all that kind of stuff, you know, like Mick and Keith even. Um, That that was kind of obviously in the papers, in in you know, commonplace. So Mm. it kind of had that issue as well of George not really maybe being given his fair dues. And and again, like some of his guitar playing, um, I personally, again, is, you know, and they talk about it in the documentary, like, you know, with people like Eric Clapton and whoever mm-hmm. really at the, the forefront uh, of guitar playing at that point, you know, he really held his own, I think. And also like did the right thing, I think for the song. As in like stylistically. Yes. Yeah. yeah it was, yeah. it was just the right thing for that song. I think, um, uh, uh, dig a pony by far my favorite, um, Beatles song. Um, I think the guitar solo in that is incredible um, and exactly what is needed at, at that point. Whereas maybe someone with, you know, more of a name, a bigger ego, et cetera, like maybe would have come at that and, and felt the need to exert themselves on that sure. you know, or, or apply themselves to that song. And, and maybe it wouldn't be as good with the, in the chemistry there. Like I say, I think, I think that, it was, su- it was such an interesting idea. You know, I think, um, you know, for me, one of the biggest case and points and most kind of maybe the one I can think of that's kind of one of the most documented is, is like Omar Rodriguez in the Mars Volta. Right. You know, so much so that, you know, for a period of time, the other musicians would come in and perform only to a click and no other musicians. And then Omar would, would then kind of take each of those performances and- What and is put- it? To a click and no, no other, other music. Yeah. So he would So do- they don't they only know what they're doing. Exactly. And that that was his intention as well. So that they would only concentrate on what they were doing and they wouldn't um they would treat every uh, uh take as a performance as if that was just only what they were doing. And then um uh, uh kind of again I, I know he uses uh um he kind of casts a lot of uh, similarities with with uh with direction in the video sense. So he would say mm-hmm. that, um, for example, John Frusciante played the rhythm guitar on quite a lot of those records, purely so that Omar Rodriguez could step back from the recording process and not be a participant, but more of a director and could kind of kind of wow. manage the session in that sense. And, and, and this I, was with Mars Walter? Yeah, yeah. So he played the rhythm guitar, like, I think on um, Amputecture, I think he played and, and uh, uh, quite a few. He is, I think he features on most of their records. And how does Cedric fit into that dynamic? Well, he's kind of like an Anthony of the situation in that, like, he kind of comes with maybe a vision of, uh, or they, they, it seems like Omar and Cedric, whereas Omar, you know, uh, I'm going to say, whereas I feel like Omar has the ability maybe and kind of the the dominance in the musical side of things it would seem as though Cedric kind of comes with the the, the bigger ideas, you know, and, and certainly ah, obviously the lyrics. Like concepts. Well, yeah, exactly. Uh, 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 yeah, exactly. The more conceptual kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and not only, and again. The thinker. Kind of, and also like feeding back into the music, um, you know, one would assume 
you know, he, he, he all of the records are, 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 are kind of, um, uh, what's the word? If something's like, it's like a story, like a concept record. Concept album, yeah. Um, pretty much all of them are. Um, mm-hmm. I think actually maybe all of them are, not sure. Um, but certainly the, the main ones were. Uh, and again, he would be the architect of said story. Uh, it, 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 the way it's been told anyway, is that he would kind of architect, be the architect of this story and kind of, you know, and again, that would, you know, maybe in this song, we want to be talking, we want to be describing this part of the story. And, and certainly, um, you know, all the records had a very clear narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually to, to kind of swing us back around, that is something that I would, if there was, I was unaware of, is that I would have enjoyed more narrative in the sure. Chili Peppers record. And that there was more of, whereas I feel like with some of the other records, there uh, even with Stadium Arcadium, there was some architecture to hang things on, even though they were kind of two pillars mm-hmm. that were connected and not connected. I think it felt like there was always a very clear track one with a very clear intention of a clear track one and a very clear end and and a middle, if, does, if that makes sense. Like it felt like they were both two journeys and and mm-hmm. with a clearly... What, each each disc? Yes, definitely. Ah, I've never thought about it that way. Like it, it, there's definitely... You, a, is there like a Flea one and a John one? I don't know. Not that, not like, that's not, not, that's that not where you go with it. No, okay. Yeah, no, as in, but as in with, with Stadium Arcadium with the two discs, there's very clearly a feeling of a beginning and a middle and an end to each disc. Um, like they kind of stand up by themselves absolutely fine. Uh, um, and if anything, yeah, that, that keeps them feeling that way in my, in my, opinion mm-hmm. that they feel like two separate things they're joined but they're also separate and that there's like two parallel stories going on um whereas this album doesn't necessarily feel that way um or, or as as um uh begins with c as uh- cohesive yes but also if you go you go to an art museum and you curated it it feels less curated but Uh, but this is what what i've read about the the whole idea of voting for tracks yeah everyone has a say and it's it's equal and some of some people's favorites didn't end up in there Mm. and everyone compromised but everyone won Mm. Do you end up with a mixed message? Do you end up with like a mixed pot of flavors? Is you know, there's no. Could you have gone right? You are going to be lead songwriter on this album. You are going to be. You can have the merch or something. Or, okay, you can make the, the tea. Vi- yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you can do like the visual, like uh, uh, the overall concept, feel, look, uh, like the the name and the you know the aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can do like track listing narrative, uh, and then you can make the tea. Do you sure, know what I mean? Sure. Like, give everyone more of a role. Yeah, but a uh, I guess Red Hot Chili Peppers Inc. Mm. probably has many opinions, many um, you know. When you're that size, that oh, has to be yeah. There's, there's many moving the parts. pressure alone, and and the uh, yeah. label. There's no. I mean, 
there's no doubt that obviously that there was, a, you know, and 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 that's what what is a difficult, um, like a difficult a difficult thing to 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 uh, bottle or to to kind of really you know whittle down to an equation is that you know obviously there will be the pressure both from you know like even imaginary pressure as in like mm-hmm. um like a spherical cow uh uh like uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, i have no idea what that means it's from a uh, brass um oh, okay. uh but uh some people are out there laughing um forgot what i was going to say it uh i'm thinking about spherical cows now and there's also there's going to be they're doing an anniversary of brass i can't remember when it's out but it's showing in theaters and um uh i think uh some of the people are going there so if you're in england you should go to that if you're not familiar with it it's the best Mm -hmm. thing that ever existed um for example like in that situation like you have the pressure of yourself and what you want to do and also you know, the pressure of coming back into that relationship. And obviously I'm assuming that even, you know, there is a notion, it feels as though there is a notion of kind of readdressing a balance or like kind of coming at this now, like, oh, okay, I'm a bit older. And, you know, we've been doing these records without you, you know, this notion of equality maybe within within this. Um, and then also like the actual kind of... Um, uh, desire not just necessarily desires but the kind of um, what the label is expecting the expectations of the label whether that's lightly or or yeah, you kind of expected that at this point they're, 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 like, you know they're, 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 I, I'm I would be surprised if there was zero input but I would feel like there would at least be some curation on their behalf of like, hey, you know, we like these songs. You know, we still feel like, you know, the classic, like we still feel like you haven't really got a hit or like, I feel like we're not really got a single, et cetera, et cetera. You know, and then the imaginary pressure of, oh, they're just going to say this, so I better do that. Like, you know that, you ah, know. yeah, 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 yeah. And, and that Fine. you know that, you know, obviously they want to come back with a hit record, right? You know, like uh-huh. you could, you can, you could say you're not, in it for that but it would you can't not say it wouldn't be nice if everyone liked it like the dream is is that I, you went into it I, with no feeling of that and then it was like that's the best outcome sure, sure, right sure. but you will still make decisions and again it's like well, okay subconsciously well, of course like make in no different than you know you say okay well we're not in it for music we're not in it for for, for money we're not in it to to, to make a successful record <laughs> we're, not we're not in it for music <laughs> no, we're, we're not in it for the it. money that's last on my list um you'd be surprised uh, uh have so have you got those blood sugar demos <laughs> <laughs> like and you know let's say okay we're, we're just in it for you know just purely the music you know the difference between the decisions you might make even within the melody of what you might call a chorus, even if you weren't even going to, if you were going to be that passive and say, I'm, this isn't a chorus. It's just what it is. This is the best thing. The best thing will be the best thing, which is the best thing, which will make the best music, which will make the best single, which will make the best record. Like you're still making those decisions. The difference, you. you know, between going like, and here comes the chorus, you know, and singing a great melody. Like, you know, even screaming 
like the best music will make the best music. And usually that means for the most part, some form of craft and redaction, you know, to, to make it the most powerful thing at that time. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, that's kind of usually the best melody is the best melody. And if you are able to make a better melody, you will naturally choose that. And usually a better melody means more likable, you know, and, and those yeah, things follow yeah, yeah, yeah. Whether you want to participate in that or not, and whether you want to be like, you know, I've been in a situation where I'm getting other bands to be in that position. And I'm like, even if you told me like, oh, you know, screw that. I'm, you know, I just love Slipknot. And I'm like, name me Slipknot's best songs. And then I'm like, cool. Well, the chorus is pretty good. You know, like that melody is still the best bit, right? You know, like you don't have to think of it. It's still the best music that you're making. It's rarely the least produced version or least crafted version. Refined. Yeah, at least yeah. refined, exactly. Mm-hmm. It still follows there. Then, like you say, is are you, like, are we saying... Are we saying like for this, like if you were in, okay, you're in a group and you're friends, are you, would, like kind of calling it what it is mm-hmm. from the outset, if you were like, look, this might not be great for us as a friendship. Like, are we in this for friendship or are we in sure. this for the music? So it's expectations. I, I'm really trying to kind of like carve off bits to, to be provocative, yeah. but like, are we in this? to make the best music. I mean, this imaginary conversation we're having, but are we in this to make the best music or are we in this to be the best friends but in, or, in, or the best, in, the best business even? I don't know. I was you know? Say, but it, but if, if this was, if this was like corporate strategy, mm. uh, what's your mission statement? Do you know what I mean? Like, sure. it, you, like why? Follow that guy. Why, why bother? Pass to him. Like, like, why bother? If and Michael Jordan everyone- is open, pass to Michael Jordan. <laughs> exactly. You know? Yeah. Um, but, like, it feels it's all just a balance and mm-hmm. every single scenario is different. It's just... Oh, yeah. To to, What is the least painful <laughs> way forward sure. to keep it going? Mm-hmm. Right, that seems to be like the the first decision internally. And mm-hmm. In, I'm kind of just work with me here. I'm working. Like, what is what is the least painful way to just to to, to do it and continue doing it? Mm-hmm. And obviously, with like John leaving and or uh, talking about the Chilis, mm-hmm. but um, you know, bands break up all the time. People leave, lineup changes, all this mm-hmm. stuff. You're like, what is the? How can we do it and just enjoy turning up? you know, mm. so we don't hate each other. Um, and then, and then from there you have to, surely everything builds. I mean, I'm sure there's cases of bands where there are other drivers. Sure. Um, but in this situation, as we're talking chilies, it feels like, can we just, we all want to just be happy mm. that we're doing this. Yes. And so everyone kind of has to compromise a little bit mm. For everyone else, mm-hmm. uh, I don't really. Know, one of the questions I've written down is like, what does that mean for the fans, mm-hmm. um, and what does that mean for artistry? Um, 
because it does feel like it's it's secondary and left behind, like kind of like we've been saying. But if is that worse than they got in? Okay, John. Uh, yeah, just, hi, John. Yeah, you want to join again? Okay, cool. Like, come come over, guys. I've got this idea, right? You're all just just follow me. It's going to be great. I've written all the songs. <laughs> yeah. Just uh, I'll send you an MP3. Yeah. It's great. Uh, just listen to it this afternoon. Come back tomorrow. I just want all your parts down, mm-hmm. nailed, no mistakes, flea. <laughs> and then they get in, a, and then they all just go. See you later. I'm not, I'm not doing this. Um, yeah. And then Anthony, you don't, then you, just send me your drafts, and uh, we'll. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I've got yeah. a red pen. I bought it in this, <laughs> the last ten years. I've come with it's three really red good. pens just in case. <laughs> exactly. I'm gonna need them. Exactly. And then, and then they all go screw it. We can't do this. Chilies doesn't. We're going to disband, and it's not going to happen. So then you don't have the chilies. Exactly. So it's it's yeah. It's a real. I don't think, and if I don't know whether this was your intention, mm. but I don't think we'll get to a pinpoint answer. Whether, well, I don't believe there is an answer. Can you think I, I just, of a band? Yeah that is collaborative and successful? So I wrote down... Well, not successful, but successful. I wrote down a few kind of big classics that I don't think are... And I always remember, like, uh, Stereophonics, when they had loads of lineup changes. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I, I remember growing up with that and kind of going, oh, that's kind of weird. Is that... It feels different now. Mm -hmm. And, And just a very unique feeling. And then obviously Guns N' Roses, Foo Fighters again, um, it being known as kind of Dave's band. Oh, in no, like it well documented, like even as much as he's yeah. like, oh, I just redid your parts in secret. Like totally, totally. Mm. And then, but, but for the music, you know, like, I think that's the interesting thing is it's like, okay, <clears throat> like, you know, if we all just met in a room one day and we never met each other before and there was no backstory to anyone, then sure, you, you know, that's a, that's a, that's one thing. Like, you know, I feel like maybe the question is, is like, okay, do you let Dave Grohl be Dave Grohl? Do you let John Frusciante be Dave, John Frusciante? Or do you kind of be like, oh, no, it, like it's, I think what the question is interesting is like, could you, obviously, obviously the answer is sometimes yes, sometimes no, but could you <laughs> offer yourself up, you know, mm-hmm. could you give up, and put aside your aspirations for the sake of something bigger than yourself. You know, like like how willingly would you be to be more passive or or, or just kind of like, okay, we I believe in, you know, that when we say this guy could be anyone, but we're gonna say this guy. Um, you know, and I'm gonna follow this person and they're gonna they, you know, so they've got the, the vision. The, the, the ultimate example being like a session musician gig. Exactly. Where, you know, you go, hi, I'm the boss. Mm. Uh, I'm going to pay you this much to play these songs. Yep. Um, thank you very much. And, that, and like, they could be amazing session musicians. Like, you know, if you had Guthrie Govan or something, you know, like. Amazing, yeah. And there's and no it could doubt. Be a great working relationship. It could Yeah, and, and like, you, you can perfect. still be like, Guthrie, do your thing on my songs. <laughs> you know, like, and, and he would be adding his, you know, his, his, his sprinkle of, of, of special sauce, you know, and he'd still be doing his thing within those confines, I suppose. Uh, um, 
and maybe he would suggest something and and that would be even cooler and maybe you know you'd re you could you know be like oh okay well look we have got you know this guy and he's got this name or he's you know or in the same way that like it, you see it and there'd be a I know a really good saxophone player and you may never have heard of him but they're like oh now we're going to have a special breakdown for the saxophone player do you know what I mean because he's amazing mm-hmm. and everyone's like ladies and gentlemen Davy Davy Humphreys you know whatever like whoa <laughs> played for George Michael or something you know like yeah, yeah, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. and then like that happens or guitar player what have you mm-hmm. um, the band that to 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 answer your question though mm. the band that I wrote down I wrote down Radiohead hyphen equal question mark um, I would go on I know the answer well I don't know the answer and okay this- so so as a fan I go same lineup forever yeah is it yeah and I really like that Coldplay the same um so they're, they're doing something right. So mm. commercial success, mm-hmm. same lineup. Um, not that it's bad to have lineup changes. And I also read some articles where um, a lineup change has given uh, a band a new lease of life. Mm-hmm. Um, but for Radiohead, it's the same lineup and crazy commercial success, mm-hmm. but also integrity um, avoided all the cliches, mm-hmm. obviously. So how are they making it work? Enormous amounts of submissiveness. Like, like honourable amount, like really, like Ed O'Brien and, and I'm assuming, um, uh, I've forgotten the name Philip of the bass Selway. player. Who's the name? No, oh, no Johnny uh, Greenwood's uh, brother. The bass player is, um, brother of guitar player Greenwood. Jonathan, Johnny, not Johnny Yeah, Johnny Greenwood. and the brother's called... Robert. William. I don't know. <laughs> Um, Chris. Sorry, 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 sorry. sorry, sorry. sorry. That's really bad. Um, but, I mean, I think it, it's fair. Colin. 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 Of co- I mean, yeah, I mean, and we knew that. Um, uh, I would say that there is sort of a John and Paul, but I would say a much a much more passive Paul. Um, John being... Uh, well, as in, but as in, what I'm saying is, I would most put all my money on Tom is by far the voice and the, you know, the biggest chip. Um, I think he probably presents an enormous amount of the songs. I think Colin uh, Johnny is a very active contributor and colorist. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But I think he's probably quite passive still to Tom, mm-hmm. knowing that I can make these things and give them to Tom and Tom will come or, or vice versa. And like, hey, you know, I've got these things, Tom, see what you like. And, and you know, that, that I, um, again, we don't know these people. Um, we're just casting aspersions as to the impression sure. we've given. And I would say we've done a fair amount of research within this. And maybe if those bands were listening, they'd be like, these idiots. You're, but we're yeah. just it's kind of the impression that you've given. Mm-hmm. Obviously Ed, I think is on an almost meme level of, um, uh, uh, submission. Uh, there's an incredible video of Ed O'Brien's best guitar solos on YouTube or like best guitar part or something like that. And it's obviously like one second. Uh, um, but there's much to be said 
and he did that interview on um, that pedal show. Mm-hmm. Um, that there is also like there is it. I don't think it makes for a more diminutive um, role. I mean, being able to, I think he spoke about it. Is that you know they did. They obviously went from like okay, the, the big story being they went from okay computer and 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 predominantly being this band that was almost kind of compared to Muse at the beginning and, and, and even somewhat kind of saying that they were kind of copying Muse. Uh, um, I thought it was the other way around. Uh, well, I know there was a lot of like back and forth, maybe, maybe, okay. maybe so, but um, then obviously the success of OK Computer and that the, the uh, DVD or the film, uh, How to Make Friends. And I have not seen it. Something. It's basically exactly about that. Um, and it just happens to catch Tom in kind of more more or less meltdown of of kind of crisis of identity and not wanting to have that kind of success and all the touring and getting further and further away from the music, not unlike our um, Lord and Saviour. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, kind of having these feelings and, and wanting to kind of retreat from them. And then obviously like, okay, we're going to follow up OK Computer. Ed turns up with a bag full of like, big old stompy rock riffs that he's written. And Tom is like, nah, like mm-hmm. not, could not be any less interested in the guitar or rock music. And then obviously coming back with Kid A and then Amnesiac and him talking about it being, you know, an enormously difficult time for everyone to adapt to. Okay. Whereas before, you know, there was even a platform really for Ed to contribute and maybe the others as well, I'm assuming. And then kind of being in a position where like, you might not be on this song. And obviously sure. when you have a band and it's like, oh, cool, you play guitar, I play guitar, then it's kind of easy and very binary to like participate and say, like, okay, well, I'll copy what you do an octave higher or I'll come up with, you know, at the very least, yeah, sure. you know. And that there's a very easy platform to, to present those ideas and, and kind of convey them and then execute them. And then to kind of sort of be told, well, like, cool, we've, this song is just me and this, you know, like there's no, that everyone, everything on this song is done kind of thing, you know, like, or, you know, you might just be playing a tambourine or, you know, something, you know, you've been demoted down to triangle kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like that's a, ta- that's a real. That's a great, yeah. You, you, crazy you really, tough. you know, you have to be very, sure of yourself to, 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 you know, really humbly accept that. And, and, and again, the argument then is, well, like, yeah, like that person is just as important as the person who, you know, who we're saying is, okay, you know, the dictator in this, in this situation without, Uh without such a, a, you know, a, a, a more passive or submissive member. I'm using these as kind of broader terms here, but like, you could not achieve, you know, if, 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 if everyone wants to lead, then no one leads, you know, you, you, it feels like you need those people who are willing to play, you know, your parts, you know, you're not a drummer, whatever. You need that person who is good at drums, who is willing to play it in the way that you want, you know, like mm-hmm. kind of uh, saying that makes me think of obviously Ruben being a, a similar situation where, and, and Jamie Lenman now as Jamie Lenman, um, I've just given that away. Um, that, um, uh, it's going to kill me. Um, but yeah, the, you know, this idea of, 
you know, these are my songs and these are these guys playing my songs. He like he says that in the DVD, you know, and that was the idea. It's like he kind of had the vision and the other two were, like I say, passive, engage, but engaged players. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, you know, like Guy, incredible drummer, you know, like uh, uh, the idea that, you know, you want to play with people who are better than you. And even if you're telling them what to do, they can play it to a much greater standard or higher standard than you yourself. You know, that's obviously what you want. Um, no different than, you know, the Mars Volta and, and Thomas Pridgen coming in and, you know, like. You can, oh, he's you can, so good. You can just program in, you know, and, and, and there's, you know, it's, it's shown ever since, you know, they, they, no one can play like Thomas Pridgen. And so no one could play those records the same as Thomas Pridgen afterwards, you know, when they had other <laughs> drummers, you know, it's just, it's just, that's his thing. And that's what he brought. But I, I know actually, I think he's spoken up about it and kind of his, you know, sometimes the idea of credit can also kind of get in the way. Like everyone says, oh, Mars Volta is just Omar kind of thing. And, and I know a lot of the musicians oh, to be honest, have I, said, I, oh, no, I added, you know, I, you know, I yeah. came up with that beat. I came up with this thing. Like, I wish I was given the same, you know, it wasn't, it isn't just that. And again, sometimes the idea of it can be just as damaging, you know, there's more sure, credit absolutely. going to someone, you know. And also like it, like, like we said before, you kind of have to know all this stuff. Mm. Uh, like to know it, if you see what I mean. Yeah. If, if, you, I don't know the ins and outs of the Mars Volta particularly mm-hmm. as well as you do, but I know that one of my favourite parts of the Mars Volta is great drumming mm-hmm. and the vocal, mm-hmm. the, just the sound of the vocal. I have mm-hmm. no idea what he's saying, like ninety mm-hmm. percent of the time, <laughs> but just the his the sound of his voice, and then the name, the artwork, and the feeling it all conjures up. Mm-hmm. Like if I had a like more straightforward drums and it was instrumental mm. I wouldn't like it sure. honest to be completely honest like mm-hmm. the the guitar playing is so erratic mm-hmm. in a lot of the time mm-hmm. um I mean when there's like in Goliath mm-hmm. when there's a great concise riff um that really kind of connects with me mm-hmm. um if it's a, a 16 minute floaty jam mm-hmm. of strange noises that can it's not it's not my everyday yeah. kind of Listen, if you like. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, yeah, it, it's the, whilst people could say, yeah, my, uh, Omar is Mars Volta. Not for me. Mm-hmm. But without him, it wouldn't be anything. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so yeah. without him, the, the, the drummer would have nothing to drum to and the singer would have nothing to sing to. And it's, so it's all important. Mm-hmm. Um, I think also another danger there now that you say that it's obviously like if you're beholden to one person and and they're leading then you know and again this has some somewhat political aspersions as well like then you're also you know you you better like what that person does and you better believe in what that person sees or you know, and, and the strength of those and the strength of that, you know, or, or you know, like, oh, they're, you know, it's a lot of belief, you know, and again, sure. like no one's perfect. You know, I, I think, you know, we could, 
for example, like we could be completely wrong. Maybe John was completely all over this record and, and you know, we're, we're misreading yeah. it. And also like, you know, for example, I've certainly experienced it, you know, whereas there was a certain period in time where I would have, I bought and listened and loved every single release from Omar and John, you know, in their solo records, in the Mars, like everything. There also came a point where I'd sort of dropped off, you know, and, and like certainly as much as I love electronica, like the some of the parts he was doing isn't really my kind of electronica. And, and, and you know, the last few solo records he did, whereas I like live and die by, you know, some of the others there came a point where that wasn't my interest. And, you know, maybe, you know, if, if they made a, if, you know, if they were listening to John and came back with a record like that, maybe I would really not like it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, like, yeah, it's, it's such a balanced equation, you know, and, and, and it is also so clear when it is not, you know, I always think of like bands like Pink Floyd and The Clash who kind of famously didn't really like each other, and obviously Fleetwood Mac as well, who don't really like each other that much, but kind of tolerate each other, you know, within that sphere. Mm-hmm. And and to, you know, to a point, I guess, yeah. And and that being is that you know um, is it the Pixies as well? They again don't really like each other. Like, right. are those bands successful because of that tension? Or is the tension even real and just a marketing ploy? Well, I mean, but as in, even there's enough, you know, there's enough of them that, <laughs> yeah, no, that, no, that no. you know, certainly like Pink Floyd and stuff like totally. that, you know, they're, they're, that, that, that kind of competition and that tension keeps them, you know, creating to the best of their ability, you know, and creating the best music out of that because, you know, even if you had a competition, having a competition with someone else, you know, in the kind of a John Paul, uh, John and Paul uh, situation, there's a healthy, healthy, unhealthy competition there to keep, you know, to to better the other person. Yeah, and I think a great example of that, another one on my list, is Metallica. Sure. Um, And so Kirk Hammer recently released a solo album. Really? Um, which is his first solo album ever. Okay. Um, and apparently the idea was floated around kind of Jason Newstead time about 20 years ago. Right. Um, but Team Metallica wasn't into doing solo albums at the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, but he said in this article I read, I think it was Rolling Stone or uh, Variety or something, mm-hmm. um, that Lars gives Kirk input on his solos, which shapes them for Metallica. Yeah, I've, I think I've seen footage of it as well. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So... Which is, I mean, Kirk could just be like, no, I'm playing sure. what I want to play. Sure, sure. So again, credit to Kirk's character for kind of taking that on board and being for, well, obviously it works Mm-mm. because A, the result is successful um, and B, he's been able to put up with it for 40 years or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, again, yeah, famously so, passive as well. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and Kirk's solo record is the first time uh, he can just play whatever he wants, mm. which is, I mean, for him, like what an incredible freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it, again, it's, it's just, yeah, it's so interesting because it's, they're all kind of different stories along the same lines. Mm-hmm. Cause I guess it's just people. Um, but everyone's just got their own, their own combination of factors to make it work, you know, and make, the songs, the songs, and mm. the band, the band. Um, I think in the Metallica aspect, it 
it works out because, you know, Lars isn't, you know, Lars isn't picking up a guitar and, and neither is James really picking up the drums or drumsticks. Um, That's very true. Yeah, and that kind true. of, like, you kind of have your own place there. You know, I think like, uh, you know, the idea that like oh, Robert Trujillo is like the most talented member <laughs> of the uh, of the band, um, yet appears to also be pretty passive. Um, uh, and again, that is a, like almost a requirement, you, you, you know, like, again, I think it appears that's, that, that's probably, I think that was above bass playing in that job role. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like it, it's, you know, Lars has very strong opinions, but James really brings the goods, you know, and, and like, and, and seemingly has obviously his own strong opinions, but Lars is a bit more vocal about it from, you know, from all the, footage and DVD and film obviously mm-hmm. um, and again that dynamic works and it challenges and you know I think that's you know healthy competition and and you know I only speak for myself like I think I personally work the best when I want to impress someone you know or, or, or I, I, I want to impress them you know like then I think that's a really good thing you know whether it's someone you've known for ages and you want to go like, oh I've got you know since the last time we did this, I've got better or, you know, or like, oh, yeah, I can yeah, do yeah. this better now or like, oh, you've written Definitely. a good song or whatever. You know, I think that's, and that's really healthy in, in any situation because it, it, it's a really good driving factor, you know, in, mm-hmm. in, in, in pushing yourself and, and taking, you know, uh, and practicing and, and whatever. It's, I think it's a really good, healthy thing to have within a studio mm-hmm. is that kind of competition to some degree, but in a good, in a good way, in a really healthy way. Yeah. In a supportive kind of, yeah. For the greater outcome. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously again, that all changes when, again, yeah, I've, you know, I've never had another guitarist to, to, to do that with, but it, when you're both on the same instrument, then, then there comes, you know, inev- inevitably one person who, who maybe is, more influential and another is slightly more submissive or uh, um, more, or more passive in the situation. The other one's more active to get that or even supportive is maybe, yeah, like you say, more supportive in that. Um, I, I think it's a really interesting notion. And I think it's something like, you know, when you talk about those terms, even in a broader sense, I think, you know, ever since kind of, I mean, religion's still doing fine, isn't it? But I think the idea that like, you know, you, just as a side note, uh, yeah, oh, yeah religion just, update. FYI, FYI, just, uh, <laughs> just keeping track of, just got it on my watch here. Um, yeah. now we're fine. Um, yeah, cool. uh, like, uh, you know, the idea of submit, submitting to something bigger than you for the, or for the sake of something bigger than you is mm-hmm. a concept that we're losing a lot of track of, um, both in, in the idea of there being, you know, we're all going to go in this direction. Whereas, you know, we're very much high on individualism, you know, uh, uh, mm-hmm. um, and our, our experience, um, which makes it difficult to get anything done. You know, I think the, was it the, uh, was it the camel, uh, is a horse drawn by a committee. Um, and again, the idea is is that you know, like the camel, camel is super functional, and and you know, it's guy's oh, got two humps, and you know, and it's designed for this or whatever. 
the idea being that the horse is this beautiful, you know, creature and the, the camel is slightly uglier, I suppose. Um, but it, it, I think that is a hard and mature concept of giving, mm. giving yourself up for the greater good, you know, mm. of something, whatever that be, or, or being submissive towards something in order, you know, for the bigger picture, I think is a, mm. is a difficult, is a difficult thing. I mean, I can only, th- uh, in this situation, and it'd be really good to, to see if anyone, you know, are there any, like, any kind of famously collaborative groups? I I think maybe the, the dictatorship ones are the only ones that seem to really float. And they seem to be all the bands I like, Trent Reznor, you know, uh-huh. Tom York, you know, sure, John sure, Frusciante, sure. Omar Rodriguez. I, I have a, I think I'm in the dictator camp. I, you know, I, okay. I think, I feel, I feel like I'm probably the dictator in, in my situation and, and mm-hmm. whether I, I like to feel like a benevolent dictator, but I, that that's always been, you know, like, I don't even think, you know, that, that word needs to be like, I wear a hat and like, you know, people mm. get shot. Like, I feel like, <laughs> you know. Oh, a literal hat. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I was in, you know, like some kind of military, yeah. you know, I feel like, sure. or just my hat, it's just the hat. It's just so everybody okay. knows who's in charge, you know, like walk yeah, in the yeah. room, you're like, who's, oh, it's him. Um, yeah. But I feel like you can excitedly, I don't think, you know what I mean? I don't think it needs to be, like there's a, there's a notion of it being maybe sinister or I think like you said about the, 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 the kind of healthy competition thing. Yeah. I think being in a, a, like a working relationship that, that pushes, mm. I think, and breeds a, a great result is, is what more can you ask for? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think you can do that excitedly, you know, I don't think yeah, you definitely. need to, you know, I think you can come in and be like, guys, I've got this song. It's great. Like, I'm so excited. I can't wait to play it. And like, oh, I'm so, yeah. I can't and believe I can't it. wait to hear what you'll do on it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Do you know, know what I mean? And, that kind of thing. And I think that, like I say, it's in, it was I, in our kind of hypothetical situations, you know, if, do you, go on. You finish. I've got a question. Okay. Well, I've got a question for you, buddy. Uh, <laughs> you know, if you're in a group for the first time, and you, you know, this is the kind of thing we're pack animals, right? And we kind of alphabet, alphabeticalize ourselves, you know, in naturally within any social situation. Um, you know, this idea that I'm, and it's, and it's not something you would do. Oh, maybe you have done right in and tell us. Um, uh, <laughs> PO box. Yeah, exactly. You get a badge. Um, uh, like if you're in that situation and you were cognizant of the idea that like, oh, okay, this guy's the guy and he could be the girl. We've covered this. Um, you know, would you just be like, you know what? I'm going to follow this guy. He like, I believe in what he does. I believe in what he's saying. You know, I've, and I feel like you maybe don't do that that cognitively. You just kind of like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And he's, you know, they've got an idea and they're just, and you're just going with it and here you are. Mm-hmm. But I, I like the idea of thinking about making a choice. Sure. At some point of being like, okay, I'm going to stand aside, you know, and run with, and I don't, you know, I understand that could be in certain um, aspects as well. I mean, obviously we've spoken about like session work and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I think like 
Uh, I think actually, um, like Rabir doing Stormzy, like mm-hmm. that whole bit screams Rabir. Like he wrote it. It's him. Sure. No one else could. No, I mean, someone else could do a guitar thing. They couldn't do that thing. That's his mm-hmm. thing. And I think you know, Rabir is the look as well. You know, like mm-hmm. he, he he's a brand. You know, mm-hmm. um, and that's Stormzy's song, but that's Rabir doing his thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and so, yeah, it's like under Storms, he's benevolent, <laughs> you know, but. His world. But, if you like, yeah, yeah, exactly. But Rabir is very much operating with, you know, mm-hmm. as himself within that world and adding something, mm-hmm. you know, arguably, uh, um, you know, unique and special and whatever. And, and like, you know, and that's, I think, when it shines, you know, that's sure. that's that's kind of. You know, Storms is big agree, enough yeah. to be like, "Hey, do your thing." You know, and and Rabir uh, uh, is cool enough to be like, "Cool, I'm going to be under this thing. I'm going I'm to make, you know, do my thing within these confines." And and that's kind of, and that's the show. You know, everyone wants the best thing, and I feel mm-hmm. like that's kind of the best eventuality. Is that you? It's, mm-hmm. You know, you kind of uh, kind of like phase. You know, like if you, yeah, if you don't, you don't, you want to be, you know, you want positive phase and not negative. You know, like yeah. uh, you're both kind of singing. Um, Everyone in, working in the same direction. Exactly, which is why I think um, that the guys should just back away, right, and just let let John, you know, <laughs> you just know? to get us right just, back around. For, for let's that. just if John's open, we pass to John, you know. Yeah, that's um, it. And but yeah, uh, jokes aside. So which which band do you think? Uh, just talking about making it work. Which mm. bands do you think have had the same lineup for the longest? For the longest? Just this is in of all time in, in, and space. At the time of the article that I read. But I think it's still the same. And you 2 have been going on for a pretty long time. You 2 is a really strong guess. It's not the answer, but it's a... Great guess, and they're a bit a big, a, a big, big artist, yeah, big boy. Yeah, artist. they're big. Yeah, okay. I wouldn't say okay. Just I wouldn't say they're as big as you two. Okay, so going on long time, same lineup. Does the same? I mean, does this mean that they're better at something? No, I'm just it's, oh, okay. the idea is just making it work. Um, longest they've been together. Similar kind of age to you two. Surely. Older, older. Oh, Rolling Stones? No, not they, they've had so many lineup changes. Really? Yeah. Okay. Um, I think, uh, why have I forgotten his name? Oh, so Matey, Matey so, died, but other than that. Yeah, Charlie was died, but. Oh, no, no, before with, that, bass player. Like keyboard player, right? Uh, no. Okay. You're thinking of John Lord from Deep Purple? Okay. Uh, Are you thinking the guitarist of... from the Faces? Uh, oh, thingy. sure, sure, sure. Uh, 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 I, um, I want to say Rod Stewart. It's not. It's not Rod Stewart, Stewart, but it's he mate, looks mate. A lot like Rod Stewart. Uh, he he's relatively new Ro- in the great in in the Rolling Stones timeline. Uh, and he's not Rod, but he yeah, he's got black hair, plays a guitar, yeah, a Telecaster. Yeah. Uh, um, also, kind of looks like an old lady. Um, <laughs> yeah, my favourite memes of all time. Is it um, Paul Weller and thingy? Next yeah, Paul show? Weller. Yeah, I think Axel Rose. Is, um, Paul Weller and, yeah. I want to say like Rodney well, King, but it's not Rodney King. 
Um, I wish we were still alive. This would be way easier. Uh, Thanks, Ray. Yeah, cheers, Ray. Thanks for that. Thanks, Anne. Um, Thanks, James. Um, okay. Do you know what I'm just looking at? No, 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 no. <laughs> Get the hell. If it means we're this five minutes of podcast. I also is... just typed in the rolling tones. I assume that's <laughs> a tribute band. <laughs> Very good. Uh, it is. We can do this between us. Black okay, hair, come on. Telecaster. It's, it's like Black Rod. Hair. It's I... like Ricky. <laughs> Rodney. <laughs> Ricky. <laughs> Keith and Ricky getting it done. Um, what? Oh, man. Um, same kind of look as Mick as well, like kind of pretty haggard. Yeah, yeah. Um, Strong on the old. Uh, he's, from, he's from the outskirts of London. Oh, easily, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, like he probably lives in Isha or something. Yeah, in, yeah, yeah. Uh, Rod, not Rod. I feel like it's like Rod though. But I think you're thinking of Rod Stewart. But it's. I feel like his name is like Rod. I think we're so far off. Oh. Uh I don't think we're ever going to do Don't you? Get no, it. Matthew. I'm doing it. No, doing no, it. no. This I'm podcast, this podcast is over. Stones. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to say the N word. <laughs> <laughs> oh. No, no. Oh. No, fuck yeah, you, off. We're, we're so close. No, oh. We're I don't, so close. Yeah, I, uh, see, if you only believe, this is why, look, this is a dictatorship. If you had just followed... <laughs> If we're gonna to have to send you now to some, we need you need to be Coming re-educated. Up, the three-hour three podcast where we just think you need to be re. We're gonna send you to some kind of camp where you can learn to concentrate. Um, right, drum roll. No, 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 no. Rod, think of the name uh, that you have in your head. Yeah, and change one letter. Oh, Rob, Rob. Mm, <laughs> Rob, <laughs> Rob, another Roddy, the same letter. Noddy. Same that you're on the right letter, but a different one. Roy. <laughs> I mean, that's a real. He's a real granddad okay, now. Okay, Rod, Bod, Cock, no, God, Yod, Fod, God, no, the Hod. other, the no, the other one, the other Roy, letter. Rob, Roger, Rog, Rog. Reg, Red. No, it's the last letter. It's the last Ro- letter you're changing. Rob, Roy, <laughs> Rocks, uh, Rot, Ross. Why can't Rob, Rock, <laughs> Rod, Roy, whoa, Ro- whoa, whoa. Hang on. Rewind two. Rod. No, another one. Rock. No. <laughs> Rob. Mid alphabet. Mid alphabet. Mid. I just started at the beginning. Rock. Rod. Yeah, but you. Row. Roth. Rog. Ro. Roy. Uh. Roll. Rog. Fuck. Where am I? Uh, <laughs> Rop. Row. Ron. No, no, you missed Ron, it. Ron. Ron. I'm thinking Ronnie Scott's full, Ro- full name. Ronnie. Full name. Ronnie, Ronnie Wood. Ronnie Wood. Yes. Banger. We got there. I think if, Inter- if, if, if one of us... 10. If one of us hadn't known that... No, no, been, no. Uh, we'd have got there. I, Ron I Wood. I had belief. Anyway. I had belief. So why are we talking about Ron Wood? <laughs> he was the other guy. Oh, yeah, because we're not talking about the Rolling Stones. So yeah, the, yeah. the band that is... He's, he's a new member. The band that is longest... Same lineup for the longest. Small Faces. He was in the Small Faces, not those. Okay. It's a more famous, I think. More... <sighs> 
more legendary. Legendary in the guitar world, legendary in the music world. Lost a member, unfortunately. Uh, a, thir- a third of the band they lost uh, in the last couple of years. Not Cream. No, they they died a long time ago. As a band, physic not physically. They still got. And they lost a member. Not the Foo Fighters. No, this is they're older, older than the Stones. Uh, no, sorry, than, older than you two. Older than you two, younger than the st- <laughs> younger than the Stones. <laughs> um, Do you want a clue? No. Um, and it's like rock music, right? It's it couldn't be more rock. ACDC. It still couldn't be. It's equal amounts, but in a more <laughs> desert. Iron way. Maiden. No, they're still younger. Um, Iron Maiden definitely younger. I than don't know. Band. Um, who else? Can't be Guns and Roses. No, it is. The answer is. Ah, uh, so it's not ACDC. It's not Iron no, Maiden. No, 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 no. It's not like what Steel Panther or anything. No, no, um, they're too young. Um, 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 not the Darkness. I feel like they're like a rock band. No, Aerosmith? but not, not, you go, oh, that's a good guess, but they're still too young. Too young? ZZ Top. ZZ Top is the answer. Uh, you know, I wouldn't have got there. No, you wouldn't. No. So, even, you might have done if you'd gone through the alphabet again. That's true. Right the, end. the other way. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that wow. is, they lost Dusty Hill. Which yeah, yeah, is yeah, yeah, yeah. It. They lost Dusty Hill a couple of years, uh, a year or two ago. Time Strong. is kind of mushed. Fair enough, man. How, so that was do, that. How long was it? Do you know? Uh, a long time. Uh, yeah. Okay. That's yeah. Because the Rolling it. Stones must be can't be far. Off. But they've had they have had they've had Bill Wyman in and out. They've had uh, obviously Ronnie Wood from Small Faces. Sure, sure, sure. And they have had a few changes. This is like ZZ Top have been the same lineup. I think. Don't quote me on this. Since the beginning. Right. Or at least very early. They had one guy who couldn't grow a beard and they were just like, get. No, uh, the joke is that the drummer has no beard, but his name is Frank Beard. Strong. And that is a true story. Fair enough. And Fair enough. Billy Gibbons. On a side note, oh, Eagles is, would have been one I would have gone for as well, but yeah. Taking it easy. Yeah, I didn't know that the drummer sang. That's what. That's a little. Nor did uh, I. I don't. I know nothing about the Eagles. Um, I know some stuff about the Eagles, and one of the things I didn't know was that it's it, the drummer who sang. It's Don Henley from the Eagles. Yeah, I think he passed away not long ago, right? Okay, that's I all think, I know. Okay, and taking it easy. Um, honestly, um, in when in the Shinfo uh, section of the podcast, but um, <laughs> uh, we were driving the other day, and Hotel California came on. And, by the Eagles. Yeah, by the Eagles. And um, I got so hyped over the guitar playing. It's I was, great. I was, and I mean, I knew, but I was listening to it. I was just raging in the car to my son and my ever patient wife about how great some of the licks in the, like, versy bits mm-hmm. and the chorus are at, Actually incredible. Like, no wonder. I mean, we, you know, it wins every year or whatever it is, but genuinely. It's a great song. Like, Have you heard the uh, the Gypsy Kings version? No. Oh, banger. Okay. Who are the Gypsy that'll, Kings? That'll be in our... Um, Following. In our new links section at the bottom okay. of this podcast. 
Okay. But I will, I think you just need to experience it and then you'll get it. So, yeah, I've heard of them. I got a friend who's sort of stuck in the 60s. So I feel like that it's been, um, they, they kind of sort of passed me records from, uh, from that era. And so I feel like I've probably seen them as like, oh, Gypsy Kings featuring T-Bone Walker or something. <laughs> um, but, uh, but so, I mean, so what we've decided, dictators, good. Collaboration, bad. Okay. Democracy, dead. Buy the t-shirt here. Yeah. And that's... And that's but this I mean, week's... it's an interesting idea, right? I mean, you could, you Definitely. could, you could, um, you know, like this discussion, there are parallels to be made. Mm-hmm. Like, it begs, I mean, it's a dirty word, right? But that's what we've... What? Dis- what? What As is? in the dictator word, right? It's pretty bad. Like, oh, yeah. So, no one's yeah. pro-dictator so Actually, anymore. just just a little peek behind the curtain. So when Andrew, <laughs> I was like, Andrew, what do you want to talk about this week? He was like, I want to talk about dictators. And I was like, ha, 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 ha. Guy with a funny over, name. Overtakes. No, I just thought he was joking. <laughs> That's Mr. Being... Taters to you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and that means potatoes in Yorkshire. Um, but yes, I thought he was joking. But I see now where you wanted to go with this. And yeah. It's been a, an invigorating well, discussion. It's the, it is an interesting, um, I feel like, you know, famously on this podcast, we like to be abject in our, uh, and, uh, and try and, you know, I'm not, I'm not about to be pro dictators here, but what I think is interesting is the idea of the idea, like an mm-hmm. idea above your own, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and the value of, the idea versus some of the other points in the equation. You know. Well, yeah, I, I guess what you're trying to do, draw, drawing parallels to kind of societal uh, setups, if you like. Sure. We have examples across the world of both extremes. Absolutely. Um, if you like. So, yeah, there are parallels to be made. And I guess given the fact that... Are there any good we ones? Have, like we I, talk, guess, I mean, we talk about the bad ones, but like, are there countries where that's a thing and it's like, you know what, it's fine. Uh, again, that's <laughs> right in, I, right in, yeah, right in. That's right, a if you're box. from there and you just like, honestly, our dictator, he's great. He's not a good one. Oh, he's a good he's one. He's great. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Coca-Cola in the taps. But, but, but my point was going to be that the, 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 um, the fact that both exist sure. to this day, you know, in very, many different forms shows that you know there's there is a place there's a combination for everyone it's exactly <laughs> there it's not one size fits all well, it's like a business right obviously like mm-hmm. the whole steve jobs thing i suppose just to kind of mm-hmm. make this conversation longer obviously the steve jobs thing you know everyone's like he's the guy and like mm-hmm. yeah he's a bit of a prick but mm-hmm. look what he did and it's funny mm-hmm. like again that idea of like no one liked him, but it worked. Again, that's like a thing. Mm. And again, like, it's a weird thing because you like, becomes like excusable, right? And then that, that's kind of like a bit of a dangerous yeah, thing. It's just like, it. oh, you know, again, it's like, oh, we did this collabor- collaborative album and it sucked. Mm-hmm. This guy did it, did everything himself, you know, went Prince on it, mm-hmm. went Dave Grohl on it, you know, and it won. And it's like, then like you've got people, you know, maybe above you then saying like, hey, I don't really care if you agree, like this guy's the guy, you know? And again, there's there's plenty of situations where 
that one person gets signed and the rest of the guys don't get signed. You know, the Paramore sure. thing, that was a famous... Uh, uh, yeah, that's a crazy one. That was, I remember finding out that that was all, all her. Mm, mm. When um, it's, I mean, and again, like she's quick to be like, hey, no, it's not, but this is how it, how it was. You know, this is how, how it, how it played out. Um, you know, sure. and, and again, the whole, we spoke about earlier, but the kind of percentages thing and mm-hmm. how that works out. Um, and again, there's some situations that are fairly extreme in that and people are just fine with that also. Mm-hmm. You know, like, again, I think it's just a, a, a combination for everyone or an environment for everyone. and, and mm-hmm. That just makes the outcome happen, basically. Or not. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or I, th- not. I think, yeah. I think it, it, you know, that's just, there's a time and a place for those things and, and a time and a place for not those things. So in the spirit of um, fantastic music and bands really making it happen, mm. Hopefully you've added your song to the playlist. If you haven't, do so now. But the playlist is at the link below. Um, we're going to listen to it right now over on our Discord. Mm-hmm. The link of that is below as well. Um, basically, just great songs. Great, great songs. Why not? Yeah. And if somebody does know any collaborative... I want to know some collaborative bands. I don't know any collaborative bands. I can't think of a single one. Can you think of a single one? I mean, it's hard to know without being physically in the band or knowing the band. Well, if someone is in the band and it's collaborative, <laughs> chuck it in the playlist. <laughs> no. Because nice. I feel like we're dictator heavy. You know? Okay. Cool. Let's keep it balanced. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. We will see you next week. Next Tuesday. For another episode of Music Is Everything podcast, your favourite musical experience in your week. That's our tagline. I just made it up. Nice. Um... <laughs> And uh, yeah, the audio will be up tomorrow. Discord listening party happening now. And we will see you next week. Bye, everyone. See ya. Bye.